Welcome to Saka. Erupting blunt launcher. Joy Gundam. Sorry, for some reason, I thought a thousand years was about to come out of your mouth. A thousand years! <laughs> this joint of mine is burning red. <laughs> it's smoking fumes. Tell Don't me to relax and not worry about victory. <laughs> sack up, sack up, sack up. I am Steve, with me here today. Madison Waldo! Kenneth Zooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooooo
fan in front? He's just a giant windmill. Oh, the, ne- the Netherlands. The guy. Netherlands guy. <laughs> I am the Amsterdam gun. Oh. Yeah. Why are we fighting, guys? <laughs> With my weed gas. <laughs> just has two I will two pacify giant, you. Two giant, like, cannabis flamethrowers on his well, This joint of mine is burning red. <laughs> <laughs> it's smoky fumes. Tell, Tell me to relax and not worry about victory. <laughs> Erupting blunt launcher Joint <laughs> Gundam <laughs> Erupting blunt launcher <laughs> Oh my god oh. And the German one is like cocaine No It's dumb The German it's one was a, se- it was a secret service Gundam It was literally like I'm a Nazi spy Gundam Like well, I have nets like he, I have nets and tasers and, and shit And he has like a Kaiser helmet on And <laughs> his does. weapons are like Elbow, elbow blades <laughs> out. He's like, time to fight you like that guy from Hellboy. Dear Spiegel Gundam. Dear Spiegel Gundam. Oh, what's that? Because the Japan Gundam was like the only normal, just like Gundam. Everyone else had some really yeah. Hokey... The Japan Gundam was just like Wing Gundam. It's just like no, <laughs> it's just, literally just a normal Gundam with the special abilities that like, grabs you with your hand. But friggin' like, the... <laughs> they're so racist. Remember Canada was lumberjack Gundam. And it had like a beard. It literally had a mechanical the beard. They beard. built in a beard for the well, lumberjack. The Chinese ones is a dragon. Yeah. Fucking oh. surprise. Shenlong. They should have called it the, the take over the world. I like how the Rus- the Russian one was like prison, like prison, prison yard gun, prison yard Gundam. Like I've got my ball, like ball well, chain. Yeah, his weapon was literally like a, a weight to stop you from moving, and he just picked it up and so. throw it at you. <sighs> All right. Let's start this off. <laughs> All right, welcome to Sack Up. I'm Steve. I'm Addison. And I'm Ken. Open up a sack and see the sunshine. What? what? I stole that from Mad Men. That made no sense. Yeah. Is that one of the ads that they did? There's like a... There's like a... Open up your sack and see the sunshine. <laughs> well, Is that supposed to be like open up a pack and get the... No, drink? it's open up a... It's supposed to be open up an orange and see the sunshine. There's for sun kissed. For sun kissed, yeah. It's like when it's in. I'm in season, the beginning of season seven of of, of Mad Men, and at the end of season six, uh, Dawn's considering going to California and stuff because they have like an account with Sun Kiss now. And one of the ads was like, "Open up an orange and see the sunshine." I've only seen like three episodes and everything. I just assume everything they do is related to smoking. So yeah, no, that was the first season was really heavily like smoking related, just because a it was in like the fifties. Yeah. When it was just coming out that, hey, maybe smoking's bad for you. Maybe you shouldn't give soldiers a cigarette as part of their rations. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it was also had to do with the company that they were with was, like, losing that cigarette account. They had Lucky Strike. They Well, their original, like, thing, Cooper, Sterling Cooper. Cooper. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It was, it was like, Sterling Cooper's. Yeah, Sterling was Cooper's. No well, he wasn't yeah. he trying to find out the best way to... Make smoking cool again because wish. all the all the health things are coming out. But. Well, yeah, he's trying. If that's kind of like the, like their thing, they're trying to keep that account because Lucky Strike was like a it was their big yeah, it was like a account. eight million dollar account. Which yeah, and they don't lose it until later on. Just just watching that, like my first impression was, holy shit, people smoked a ton back then. Well, so imagine... you smoking at home, smoking in the restaurant, smoking in the airplane. Well, there's even a, a scene smoking. where he goes to talk to his doctor, right? And his doctor's like, so how much do you smoke? He's like, oh, it's just, you know, just two packs a day. Uh-huh. And the doctor's just like, what? <laughs> All right, you're just one of them go-getting guys. You know, make it three. You know, like. Well, every shot of that show, in the first, at least the first, you know, 
three episodes I saw, three or four, they're just smoking. Everyone is smoking. They get the restaurant, they sit down, they smoke. The women smoke, the men smoke, the kids probably smoke. I don't know. Everyone was smoking. Well, towards the end end of season six, Betty is like, that's Don's like first, Don's wife originally and stuff. like cancer? No, she, um. Gets super fat. She does get super fat. Then she gets super skinny again. She like. Some might say that's another form of cancer. Yeah. Well, they probably all had cancer. Don will probably die of cancer or something with as much he smokes. But he, like, uh, he, his daughter Sally, they're like, like Betty and Sally are driving in the car together, and Betty like lights up. Like, first of all, Betty's like, hand me a cigarette, and then tell me the details about this thing that happened last night. So she like digs a cigarette out and gives it to her mom and lights it for her while she's driving, and she's like, "You want a cigarette, don't you?" And Sally's because Sally's like, you know, a teenager, so she wants to be cool. So fucking Betty lets her smoke a cigarette in the car, like. Oh, so the fifties! Yeah. <laughs> no, the sixties. This is sixty-eight. Well, yeah, I guess dude. after the first season is, it, or the second season or something, it does a time jump. But yeah, well, it starts time skipping a little bit more. Like it's, I think it starts at the beginning of the sixties and then well, it pushes. No, it starts yeah. at the very end of the fifties because Korea was like Don gets back from Korea, which is mid fifties, and then he pretty much just like beelines it to New York and gets a job as advertising. Well, but he <laughs> starts as an advertiser as as the head of of Sterling Cooper's creative department. So this is several years after, after Yeah, Korea. but I mean that I would say given the the you know prodigious talent that he is, it's like three years after he got back from Korea or whatever. He's you know, yeah. the hero. So Exactly. Anyways. So alright. How's everyone's weeks? Tell us. Pretty good. Just pretty uneventful. Yeah. It's really good. I'm at uh Klein's Batches, the it's like a local oh. grocery chain here and we, Are they Arizona only? Uh, they might have a little bit in other areas, but it's pretty much all just Arizona. Are they still sinking like rock? No, they're doing fine. They actually always made money, but they just went into bankruptcy um, a while ago. And, and did they not? How did they make money by going to bankruptcy? You can you can have like positive cash flow. You can be a company and make lots of money, but because of poor decisions, can go into bankruptcy. You know. Or have a bunch of debt, you well, know. What, so, what is the rationale for declaring bankruptcy if you have a positive cash flow? So, just you can't meet your debt obligation. Yeah, in a certain timeline. Right. Or? So, so theirs was a reorganization. <laughs> so basically, they're saying, okay, like we we know we can pay this off if we re- re- reorganize a lot of our debt covenants and stuff like that. So, basically, they're just saying yeah, at the current rate we can't pay you guys off, and then you know the bank could close on us all that stuff. But the bank doesn't want to do that. Because that they lose that you know they don't want to own a grocery the bank doesn't want to own a grocery store that's not their goal you know yeah so you know they go you go into bankruptcy and all, especially if you're in this one it's just kind of okay well here's the new parameters we're gonna be really strict but you know we'll probably change the terms a little bit so that you can pay this off and you know it took them I don't know how long it took them but it took them some amount of time and then paid it off and they're out of bankruptcy so. But they always made money. It was never an issue of money making. You know? just but sometimes, well, sometimes, sometimes you can get, you can just get into situations where you, you know, have, get a bad loan. You know, that has nothing to do with how good your company is. That's just bad management or whatever. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm about out of bashes working for them. It's interesting. Their office is like the first store they ever owned converted into a, an office. I think you told me about that. So before. it's these like really narrow halls and. They're all painted like really wacky colors. So the, and the layout is distinctly grocery store. You can just uh, you just tell them that there was some accounting produce. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So I had a I knew my ex from high school was hanging out with Johnny Basher for a while. I don't know if they ever ended up dating, but I remember her being like, "Oh, I'm hanging out with Johnny Basher." 
Ooh, yeah. the grocery store mogul. The man's, the man's loaded, so. Yeah, they're, they're real rich. They can be worse things than, I don't know, saddling up a bloated man. Yeah. Did you watch anything interesting this week or play anything, funny games or anything like that? Not really. Just kept it real chill. I read a bunch of books. Yeah, what'd you read? Like three of them. Holy shit. Yeah. All this time now? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of extra time. I actually just was staying up late. Just, that's what I do. Read it. So, I mean, I've been getting off earlier, probably close to around 7, 7.30, so. It's more time. I just... <laughs> 7.30 is earlier. That's crazy to me. The wacky world of finance. <laughs> oh, you so you guys want to be an accountant. But what, what have you been reading? Tell me about these books. Um, They're all actually really bad, so I'm kind of ashamed. Oh, okay. No. Well, tell they, us no. how bad they are. They, uh... That's the coin flip of like sci-fi fantasy. Well, so yeah. the problem with me is obviously <laughs> I'm a voracious reader, so I have read all of the good sci-fi fantasy. I mean, not sci-fi, but all the fantasy stuff, but because I wish to read so much... I ultimately have to delve into, like, the, the dregs of the fantasy world. <laughs> Just lower the stage. Underneath so, Jim Butcher and his series. Uh, and even his stuff is interesting, Dresden series. I, I think I think Dresden's not... His stuff's okay, but it's like... I feel like that's the lower rung of the I, fantasy team. I don't even know. Sure. Like, that's that's in its own little section of, of people doing... It's, they're, they're almost like sitcoms. It's like it's the TV shows yeah. of it's the fantasy series. It's very episodic. Yeah. Each book is contained. It's just like an action. It's like an action flick novel. You know, yeah. it's just him doing cool things, blowing it's things like up. Fantasy, not Hawaii deep at all. 50, basically, yes, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of those books. Now, this one was called. I can't. I can't, I can't even remember what it was one of them was called. It's called the Evermen series, and. Wasn't that the name of those weird like nobodies in Wheel of Time or whatever? Like the gray guys who. Is that even in real time? I can't remember. I can't remember. The Evermans? Evermen? No, there was some, like, thing in Wheel of Time where it was like, oh, it's this, they're perfect assassins because they, like, are magically forgotten because they're all corpses or something. I think those are the Grey Men. Maybe it's the Grey Men, but, yeah. That was the, I really loved that series until it got bad. I just, (laughs) which happened. The Wheel of Time got bad? Yeah. Is that after Jordan, Robert Jordan took over or something? Robert Jordan died. Or the guy died and then his friend. Nah, it was... I'd Sanderson the, took over. The first, like, five books were really good, and then... The database is outdated by 510 days. <laughs> you have never updated the database, apparently. Yeah. Which Anyways, database? So... Thanks, Windows 8, for your expli- your uh, very precise explanations of what is the problem. Yeah, yeah I read the, I read the Everman Saga by James <laughs> Maxwell, and I read the first two of those books, then I read the a book called... A Crucible of Souls and the Blood of Innocence, which was a sequel by Mitchell Hogan. All recommended to me by Amazon, so I blame Amazon for all my woes. Them and their shitty algorithms. It's not even that they're shit, it's it's that they're not no. They were they were okay books. It's just that when as I said, you you start reading all the good stuff, the stuff that's left is like whatever. And they weren't bad, but they were pretty generic. Well, now you need to do the marathon challenge where you just reread every Dritz book from start to finish and see how long it, it takes you before you give up. Cause... Oh, God. I made it through halfway through the seventh one, and then I was like, fuck this. What's funny, you get to the point, like right now I'm reading The Last Apprentice, which is, you guys see the movie trailers for The Seventh Son? Yes. So no. this is the book that that was based off of. I've actually seen this movie because it got really shit reviews. Do you only read and watch things that are terrible? Like... <laughs> Like I read these three books and they were awful, and then I saw this movie because it was really bad. No, I said I didn't see the movie because it was. Oh, shitty. I thought you said you did see it. I, I was like, horrible <laughs> things. And but I'm reading the book, and it's to the point now where 
it's not terrible, but I get to the point where I just start like fast forwarding through pages. <laughs> I'll really read a page and be like, "This isn't worth my time," and I just start flipping through just to get. Well, you like speed parts. read, anyways, don't you? Like, you I I normally scan. read really quickly, but this isn't even speed. I I'm literally just like I'll read the first. <laughs> I'll, you basically I'll, just flip until you see an interesting word. That's like, oh, okay. kind of what I do. I read the first like paragraph, and if it starts going to like really <laughs> useless stuff, I just start like flipping pages until I find something more interesting to the storyline. So yeah. It's a curse. So that's how you got through three books so fast. Yeah, they were bad enough that I was... What were they about? So the first one's called the Everman Saga, and you've got these, like, four houses that have magic. They each have their own type of magic, and then there's the, there's, like, the Templars, which are the middle, and they watch over everybody, and their whole magic system is based off giving, like, these runes, these, like, this ink that can, like, draw, you can draw on things and make runes, and then those runes create magic. And each country or house has their own magic. And you basically just follow the story of two people in one of the houses, and they're like poor street urchins, and they never had a lot of money. And they, yeah, basically, the, the girl turns into like a mage of superpower, like an enchantress who is the smartest rune master ever, and the boy turns into like the greatest fighter ever. Hermione and Harry, <laughs> and two. you find out later that their mother wrong. was like their father was the old like king of the the house, but who had been like there's a coup and they got the kicked house. out. Yeah, and so now they're back and. They lead the land, and there's a whole war, so it's it's pretty generic. Sounds pretty par for the course, yeah, fancy stuff, know, right? What do you? So the magic system sounds super generic to me. Like anything that's not just like D D wizard magic to me is not interesting. I the warrants are the only other thing I can accept. As a magic the more system. you read, you come to realize with these things that the the really good fantasy books aren't the ones with good magic systems. Like the good magic systems can help and kind of makes it interesting, but really it's just how well you write. If you're really good at writing stories, really good at dialogue i find that more and more i start to ignore dialogue as it goes because a lot of these books the dialogue is so shitty and it's so generic you know yeah and it's like how you do i do good okay let's fight oh you know and i i just like you could get these books and you can you can just tell what's gonna happen it's it, they're so generic you know the characters don't change like in this book the characters don't ever change you've got like the young swordsman milo and he's a bore, and he's like kind of shy, but he doesn't like hurting people. And he's got, he's really kind, and he's, he's put a in, paladin. He's put into tough situations, but he always comes through, and he has to always saved the day, and he's never gonna do a bad thing. And he, every single time he's put in a situation of stress, he comes out stronger. And at the end of the day, he's just like the best leader ever, you know. And literally, something happens with a girl, and it's just very maybe because it is so generic, or there's not a lot of change there. You're like, okay, I know what happens. Okay, they're gonna. It's like I just know the ending of the book, which is they win. Yeah, you know, so. Right. so it's a, at that point, like when when you're reading a book and you don't even care how they win, I just, kinda, you, I just, I just, just yeah, I just get sad at that. At that point, point I'm just kind of reading how how they want, like, yeah. not that I not I know they did, but I just kind of see what happened to get to that point. So, and the bad guys are really one dimensional. It's always like a grave for I want people. to destroy the bad guys. Always bad. There's no. It's it's just, it's just very black and white. And I feel like very few people can do black and white very well anymore. You know, yeah. like Tolkien's a very black and white world, like. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And still, you know, Sauron's evil. There's no doubt about it. And everyone on their side, you know, they mix in a little bit of, with like, Boromir and crap. But for the most part, you've got your good guys, you've got your bad guys. But what he, if Sauron's just severely misunderstood? That that could be true in this day and age. <laughs> Maybe he just, like, really thought that he was like, listen. I think I have the best vision yeah. from Middle Earth. Yeah, he's like. I'm I, a fallen angel. <laughs> who else are you going to trust? Yeah, he's just like, listen. 
I want to. I want peace. That's what I want. And peace only comes through domination. Yeah, so if you stop fighting me, peace you comes would... by the sword. <laughs> yeah. You wrote a book called Mind Sauron Conflict. <laughs> Mind Sarcom. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think is the best magic system that in any any book or like D and D setting or world in general? Well, what's your I think what Kenna says regarding just like it's not about whether the system itself is cool. It's can you write it coolly? But what's your favorite? Well, if I didn't say that, then Warren's yeah, like. Like, you know, I love reading Dragon Alliance, and I love how, like, pure D&D it is, right? Where, like, people, you know, they they talk about the the stopping for rest points, and then the wizard's like, hold on, I have to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I have to memorize mine spells, you know? Yeah. Like, And that's nice in that it's very, it's easy for me to understand, because I have a lot of parallels for that, but you can't write that well. It's always boring. It's all, every conversation that the wizard ever gets into, Riceland. It's just like, he, me- he began to murmur arcane words and something happened. Power! Yeah. He took the generic components from his pouch <laughs> yes. and held them at his he feet. He took bat guano and sulfur and made a fireball. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. From, I mean, with the words, it's so like organic. It's just people like willing something to happen and it's really Well, that's what I like. There's like, structure there. So you, there are rules, so it's not just like... Because I've read some books where the magic is, Oh, energy courses, buddy, you blew something up. You know, and they don't I really am Goku, it. yeah! But at the flip side, it's also, there's still so much unknown to it, and there's it's still not, like, perfectly defined that things that can surprise you and come out, you know? So. But. My favorite is uh, Name of the Wind. Because I like how, how science... So, like, there's two different kinds of magic in Name of the Wind, like... Uh, there's sympathy, which isn't magic. It's just like it's like physics. Well, it's just quantum physics yeah. that a human can make. <laughs> yeah, it's literally like quantum physics, but it's a little bit magical because you have to have like a focus. And then there's actual magic where there's the name, the the name of the wind, the little name of it. So I like that there's this kind of mysterious aspect to it. That there's like there is some pure magic in the world. Where it's like if you know the name of the wind, you can like control the wind. you can control the wind. But I also like that there's a whole physics style like science aspect to it where for it's the like people you, who can't do that yeah basically. like you can study it and you can be like okay if i just like do these math calculations and then focus my will and split my mind into two parts i can lift this penny <laughs> like I, I don't i think that sympathy and stuff like that is super fascinating but as i've gotten older i've become more and more fascinated with sciences in general so the having yeah. the link there for me is really well cool. i feel like if you have a good writer and good magic it does wonders i mean well it's like it's like umami flavor right it's it, you Get something that is greater than its parts. They mix exactly. the yeah, they mix together. Well, because you even have like Game of Thrones, where the magic is actually very minimal. You yeah, rarely super see almost, minimal. There's I know creatures of one there. magic, right? And <laughs> you got the warlocks, and it's very vague in the way they kind of use their magic. But for most of our, but it's considered fantasy, and it, and it is. And but it's a wonderful series because, well, some may say it's a wonderful series. Yeah. I like it because it's it's more about the intrigue. It's more about the characters and their development and the storyline that way. One of my favorite authors is Brandon Sanderson, and he is one of the few people I think who does black and white very well. He's actually a very he's he sticks to the old. If if you're like a fantasy geek like I am, we kind of call it, there's two there's a new fantasy there's there's high fantasy which is like Tolkien and what Brandon Sanderson writes, and there's like new fantasy and you kind of call that like gray fantasy. That's what George R. R. Martin does, where there's no good guys or bad guys. It's just kind of morally ambiguous. Yeah, and there's there's more there's more sex and drugs and like dark darkness in there you know whereas tolkien you know or high fantasies are like here's your knight and here's your guy and you go to fight the big evil at the end of the road you know yeah well i mean i would say that that malazan's high fantasy but there's it's not 
black and white. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't consider Malazan to be high fantasy. Like, uh, I would consider every it to other, be every critic of the book seems to. I don't know. That's in my mind. I, I put it with the newer kind of fantasy words. His is just a world, and there's a lot of black and white in there. But Sanderson does a really good job, and he actually has very interesting magic systems. He's like a super avid magic card player. What was the one that you let me borrow? Was War something? Warbreaker? Were the colors? The colors, yeah. yeah. That He's was got all sorts interesting. of... Interesting. They're all interesting. Warbreaker wasn't his best, but the Warbreaker, you have the... Well, that was a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. Although he plans to make more into that world, which is... I can go into the whole... His whole world, and it's actually really cool, but... And he has another one where it's the um, Mistborn, and it's like, they ingest metals, and yeah. by doing that, they have certain powers. <laughs> I would hate to be the Mercury Mage. <laughs> <laughs> like, 50% chance that I die right now. 50% chance of unlimited power! <laughs> and then after 30 years, I just go insane! <laughs> <laughs> the Mercury Mages uh, are like the wild mages. They're insane. <laughs> they're like fucking Steven's dwarf wild yeah. mage. <laughs> was it like a wild druid? No. Yeah. Alright, Asin, uh, how's your week? Uh, it was alright. I mean, I pretty much spent... I spent, like, the first two days of the week studying, and then I had, like, a dentist appointment on Wednesday, uh, my sleep console on Thursday, and then I had my interview Friday morning, so. Yeah. Still feeling shaky about the interview? It's Yeah, I mean, uh, they said they'll call me on Friday or tomorrow, and in my mind it was like, if they're not going to call me on Friday, <laughs> the <laughs> I'm end pretty is sure I know what the answer is, so. Well, you'll be, you never know. Can you yeah, reapply? We'll uh, six months. You have to wait six months. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not. I can't. I don't want to work where I work now, so I need to find another job. Well, at least you have a ton of other options, though. Amex and whatnot. Like, yeah, I just I don't know. It's very discouraging to fail myself like that. But we'll see. You never know, man. Three out of four, man. That's better than I did on my mastery test for for calc last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But it was. I mean, it was a good experience either way. It's my first technical interview, and I don't think I'll ever be. Like, I went into it with, like, 80% confidence, and after my first three, I was like, got this shit. I brought this. Yeah, I mean. hubris was your downfall. Well, it wasn't even hubris. It was just, like, the question I got caught me by surprise, and then I started getting nervous. I got started doubting. Like, it was like taking a test, yeah. right? Where, like, I know I know that stuff, and I've studied it, but then it got put in front of me in a in a situation where I had to do well, and I was just like, shit, I I. Like, I started mixing up definitions for stuff, and I don't know. It was not... I feel like if I had to do it again, I would do a lot better. But the whole the whole pop quiz technical interview thing has always been a bit of a fucking... A bunk tool it just to seemed, me. It seems Every study that's me. ever done on it says it's a piece of shit way to Well, that's one thing that everyone I, does it. I don't so. know why that's even effective at all. Because that's not how you're going to be doing your work. It's not like you're going to work at Amazon they're like, Hey guys, pop you, project time! Yeah, you don't get to use the internet to solve our problems. <laughs> yeah. You don't get to use all these study tools. Here's my problems, like, fix it. Right. Now you got ten minutes if you don't yeah. get fired. So, Here's right. the, and that's the interesting thing too. So like as studying computer science as I as I am right now... It's a very interesting degree because they let you, as a computer scientist, you look a lot of shit up online all the time. You're just like... That's your, Google is your most powerful That's not, that's not even just computer... I mean, I'm, that is anyone, for computer science because yeah. anyone, even in my profession, I Google shit all the time. Yeah. Just finance-related things, rates are... I don't know. There's just stuff that no one... Especially with the internet out there, you don't need to memorize this or you don't... Well, that's the thing, right? Is And you can ask any teacher in CS, and I'm sure people in finance say the same, but like... The most important skill you can take away from college if you're in a, like, research or very, like, fact-oriented, um, excuse me, 
like profession is you need to know how to use Google. You need to know how to use it well. You need to be able to sift through and figure out what's a good good place to spend your time when you're learning what's yeah. useless, right? Yeah. Like, or, or just or just problem solving, of which Google is probably your answer 80% <laughs> yeah. of the time. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's when we recruit people at my firm, that's mostly what we look for. You know, when we interview, it's all very social behavioral. Culture fits. It's all, yeah, it's culture fits, how you fit in with us, what you do in this situation. And for the most part, have a beer with when you. we when we intern and we give you an internship, you're looking for can they problem solve? You know, I get a problem at work and it's like, oh, what do I do? If I just sit there and be like, well, I don't know, and go ask my superior every single time, that's just no. It's like that's not how. It's not the most effective use of time. Yeah, it's fine if I don't know the answer. Just how do you get the answer, <laughs> or, 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 or even knowing who to ask for the right answer? But it's still just getting the answer, you know. And I feel like that's the skills that should be really be really taught really well, you know. Yeah. yeah. But then you get in with computer science. You know, you're taught like you're not taught to look up all the answers, but like even on my my test for my two forty classes, I'm getting into more complex programming and stuff. They're just like it's an open note, open book test. You can use Google if you want, but you should know these things because it will the questions are laid out in such a way that if you have to Google every question, it's going to take too long and you won't finish. But it's like you have those resources at your disposal, and then you get into a technical interview like that, and they're like, okay, you're in a locked room, there's no windows, and you have a whiteboard. Oh, I Good have luck. a window. But so I look know. over a cliff. No, I looked over the parking structure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we'll see, but Did you watch anything? Anything good? I have been watching Hawaii Five-0. I, I saw I that the other day. I am in season three of four now. Jesus. So. How I, is it? I like it, actually. Like, for me, it's... I don't know how they managed to pull this off, but they have a lot of actors who play, like, bad people that are actors that I like from other stuff. Like, they've had, like, three or four Band of Brothers people in there. Yeah. They've had some people from the Pacific. They've got... I think I think the last episode I watched had, like, Edward Norton in it. Like, really? <laughs> like, there's a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to fucking show up in this show, and it's, I don't know, it's There funny. was that Nathan Fillion-Aaron Eckhart fusion yeah, guy. Yeah, there's, he was, <laughs> he I was love fucking Nathan strange. Yeah. There's this dude who looked like, kind of looks like Aaron Eckhart, but and also Nathan Fillion. And then you, like, Fillion. he turned his face a little bit, and you're like, are you Nathan Fillion? Yeah. It looks Aaron like he Aaron had done, Fillion, if Aaron, like, Two-Face. If, if Aaron Eckhart and Nathan Fillion did the fusion dance, this would be who this guy <laughs> would be. Fusion! <laughs> ah! Yeah. So that's so. I pretty much just studied and watched it all week, and then now I've been lazing around my house playing with my AR all day. So yeah, nothing wrong with that. But you, Steve, moving all weekend, pretty much, and prepping for moving all week, and moving fucking sucks. Moving's the worst. Yep, it's the least favorite activity of me. Personally. Yeah. Well, they say that there's like the two most stressful things in life are moving and getting divorced. I kind of like moving. That's because you hire people to do it for you. Okay, so <laughs> what you're saying, I don't know. I, you like supervising. Something about moving, the, what, part, what I like about moving is you you start, like, everything's just clean. Yeah. You come into a new area and all the shit, all the crap that's been building up in your past place is gone now. It's all clean. It's all where you want it to be. It'll never be like that ever again. And there's something yeah. refreshing about having that cleanliness. No, it's nice to have that because, like, it also it motivates you to organize and stuff. So, like, in my last place that I was in, it was so small, I never really bothered putting anything up or, like, hanging things on the walls. And, like, so I have a lot of stuff that I want to hang up. And, and now I'm, like, I thought I had, like, the studio. I'm going to be able to put all kinds of anime posters on the walls and video game posters and shit. So, for I don't know. It's, it is nice, like, in that regard. But for the most part, it just sucks because you're just lugging shit and moving stuff, like, you 
put pile shit in your truck, drive to your place, unload your truck, drive back to your other place. And pile just, shit, yeah, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And it's exhausting. It takes so long. And like the and Kimmy has a whole bunch of heavy shit because she's got like why? Well, she has like a, a cherry wood dresser that's like super nice, but really heavy and not impossible to move. Yeah, she has a, a cherry wood entertainment center that's colossal and massive. So we got some new couches, or we got a new couch though. It's like a nice leather L-shaped couch with microfiber cushions. So we're gonna be having some parties soon, inviting everyone over, and we have fa- we have space to do that now. It's awesome! Like I'm so excited to have space. I have we have a master bedroom that's like huge and has plenty of space. Then we each have our own office and a living room, and it's like it sounds weird to say that, but like I've been living in apartments for so long that having like an actual house living. Like I lived in your house, and that was nice, but. Especially after living in that small apartment we were in for the last year. It's like, I was amazed by the fact that I was in the master bedroom and I had to walk over to the other part of the house. And I was like, and like, you know, 15 seconds later, I was still walking and I was like, I'm still walking. Like, I was like, I gotta, I have to go to the other side of the house. It didn't take me two steps to get there, you know? Like, it's beautiful. Other than that, I watched, um, I'm getting like deep back into Mad Men. So I just finished, uh, season six. Started season seven. I'm kind of sad that they're ending it because I know that this is the last the last mm, season. Much longer, and it's. I feel like they could have squeezed the season. I now. feel like most. I feel like most shows need to end at like six or seven. Yeah, I feel like they could have taken an eighth season, I'm but they're like five. Like, I couldn't see five too. I don't know. I just feel like it's just it's too just many money grub. Too many shows just don't. I feel yeah. I feel like at a certain point the the main plot just. You have an overarching plot, and it can only last so long, you know? And anything afterwards filler is just filler, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like with Mad Men, though, there hasn't been a point. I haven't felt like they're money-grubbing yet. Maybe as I get halfway through... I do think they're money-grubbing by doing the stupid thing where they split the final season into two years. So it's like, the first season, the first half of the final season is seven episodes airing in 2014, and then the next half is seven episodes airing in 2015. That's and there's a year between them. Which is stupid. Are they like twice as long episodes or something? Or no. So they literally took a full season of one year's worth of content and split into two. They did well, that with probably Breaking like, Bad. Probably like, alright, 20,000 people who work on this show, time to find another job. Yeah. You know? Well, they um, they did that with Breaking Bad, too. Breaking Bad, they split the se- the final season into two, two seasons. People just doing that shit. Even they do that in movies all the fucking yeah, Harry, Potter. Harry Potter. Just to build up the tension and shit. Well, not just build, it's to just get twice the... Tw- it's not even ten. Yeah, it's just to get twice the revenue. Views. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, I'll be finishing the first half of the seventh season, and I'll, I'll, like, luckily enough, I man- I'll have managed to get caught up with the the show itself in real time, as it's pretty much as it's going to be coming back on. I think it, it the premiere is April twelfth for the last half of the seventh se- season. So I'll be watching that, and I'll probably be sad that it ends because I just I love Mad Men's world and everything about it. I love the sixties. I love Don Draper. Don Draper, even though he's kind of an, an asshole and not a great guy, but. He's just so cool and interesting, and he smokes all the time, and it makes me wish that smoking <laughs> wouldn't kill you because he looks so cool when he smokes. Like I imagine, like if I if I if I couldn't if I like wouldn't get cancer from smoking, I would just smoke. I would wear three piece suits and smoke all just the time. Guarantee that you will. I mean, there's people that smoke all their lives and would pass eighty. Yeah, my my great grandma died of cancer uh, on my mom's. 80. Yeah, but you're. For people who are born in that time, living to 80 is the fucking dream. <laughs> yeah, they're like mummies <laughs> at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, my my uh, great-grandma on my mom's side, 
as I recall, was like fucking 90 or something when I was a young kid and she smoked all her life. She was just like, well, age is taking me out. I always thought it would be the cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just the residual, like, smoking is cool kind of thing, but I mean, everyone in Mad Men looks cool when they smoke. Like that whole commercial is a com- like that whole TV st- and stuff. It's, yeah, they're setting it up because, like, how many people do you know that smoke in a three-piece suit? Yeah, I've I smoke a lot. I've never even done that. Like, that's because you don't have a three-piece suit. I could get one. It you doesn't should. matter. And then you could smoke a in a two-piece suit. You just need to get the vest. But yeah, it's not. I don't know. You can't like smoke in normal clothes and be cool anymore because you just look like a derp. You do. Well, you look grungy if you're like, oh, I'm in like a graphic tee. Let me light up this cigarette. Like, but when you're in a suit, you got your hair so all So what done. you're saying is you like suits, men in suits. Who smoke? You No, you like men in suits, and if they do smoke, they look cool still. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can say, I, I, I think I like smoking in suits. Smoking as an act <laughs> is not itself cool, but when you combine smoking in suits and a glass of whiskey, you're in fucking uh. badass land at that point. So, and I watched a little bit of Futurama. I've kind of been plugging away at that. And I'm reading Cibola Burns, so the fourth in the Expanse series. There we go. And I think the fifth one comes out in June. Nemesis Games. And I I don't know. You were saying that you felt like that series tapered off towards the end, Ken. But... Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of the end of Avalon's Gate. And then, not I guess not a fan is too strong, but it just wasn't as captivating as the first books were. Probably because I didn't like the new point of views. Yeah, they just weren't. I I want. I, I like Miller. I liked Holden. Even some of the newer ones, like Bobby and the Indian woman from the UN, were okay. Yeah. But I just feel like the rest of the views just became. They seem less and less important to the overall story to me. And then I don't know. The so the the Abaddon's Gate ends with. I don't know if you want like spoiler alerts, but you know it ends with a yeah, spoiler alert if you're going to read the series. Well, I won't spoil it, but basically the way it ends it kind of opens for new possibilities. So now we're yeah. kind of entering like we can go like we can kind of like uh well, what's the word? Like sitcom this now. You know, we can have each new book syndicated. We syndicate. Like, there we go. So we're syndicate, can syndicate, we can syndicate yeah. this now the way Evidence Gate ended. So now you can kind of keep going and so that's what the bullet burn kind of feels like to me. That kind of big overarching story that was really present in the first second and third books is kind of gone now yeah and now Holden's just doing his thing and it's well there's like a thing though because you know you start like because there's the idea that like what happens on new terra and stuff with with like the explosion and stuff like that there's a lot of there's a lot of uh i've actually only read like the first 50 pages of oh see it they, it actually they, gets real good they land yeah, like they try to land, and I don't. know. But any case, it's... they land, and then there's basically like a nuclear explosion, and it's there's some. Qu- it, it, it it it's really interesting to me because I like the the idea of like you have. So with Sabola Burns, what happens is like we can we can say without spoiling too much with Abaddon's Gate that humanity gets the ability to reach to the, to reach the stars finally. Like we can say that much, and so can we see? Can yes, we? and so there's <laughs> these two these two groups, like a bunch of people from the belt, essentially the belters from. Who were on Ganymede when Ganymede got destroyed and stuff? They and left were, refu- were refugees. They end up going to one of these new planets that's found to be hospitable. I mean, I guess it's just not just these guys. It's ever you know yeah. now that they have access to basically like the um, interstellar travel. Yeah, or what, I'm thinking of like the Mass Effect, like the no, the mass relays. The mass yeah, relay, the mass yeah. relays. It's not the same. 
Exactly. It's not the actual, like, relay, but it's a similar premise where now they can go wherever. Hyper And so, yeah. now that that's happened, like, it's the next step, I guess, these books is not, humanity's leaving to go to the stars and now, like, what happens? And see, that whole colonization thing is super interesting to me. And you have, like, these people who are belters who basically showed up as refugees to this new planet. And they're like, we're just going to build a home here. And then they find a lot of lithium, which is like a huge resource in the future. Oh yeah, and they well, find a huge resource now. Yeah, so they, <laughs> they, they basically the whole planet's like made of lithium, and they're like, "Holy shit!" So we're gonna they're, they're gonna this mine is this. like landing on a planet made of diamonds and gold. Yeah. So there's this this um there's this company called Royal Charter Energy, and they get a UN contract to do a scientific investigation for like two years, and then mine the shit out of the planet. And it's just really interesting see seeing the authors theories on evolution on different planets and stuff like that and also the idea that you know human humanity came together very closely for this time period where they thought they were all going to be extinct and now they are just fighting over worlds and it's like the human condition of yeah well it's it's literally classic like the great west syndrome again that's yeah. really what's happening the front your frontiers you know you've got people going out there the like the trying to find new worlds they're being like pilgrims and just going and they're starting these lives, and then you've got these corporations who have these deeds and charters to say, like, hey, we have rights. It's like, well, who who determines that? And that's kind yeah. of, like, a big part of that book is, like, who determines who has rights to what? These people here are first. Well, you've got a government, but does your government hold sway in this new world? Like, yeah. well, they say that doesn't, but then you've got bigger guns, so who knows, you know? like. And then you've got, like, extremists who are, like, who's, who fuck everything up by launching a terrorist attack at the beginning, and it just... And then that, holds, that creates these tensions, but... The the weird thing, part of the weird thing is that they are they're on this entirely new planet. So the the squatters show up and they establish first landing on this new planet. Then RCE shows up and they come down and they're like, but instead of going to anywhere else on this planet, they have to go to that same spot. Yeah, yeah. there's like thirty people on this planet. They could just go anywhere else on a planet bigger than the than the Earth with one mega supercontinent. They could fly to the other side of the continent and it would be fine. But they don't. They land on this same like two square mile area. And they're like, this is ours, you need to leave. <laughs> it's like, there's well, enough lithium for both of them yeah. to fucking mine it and not have a problem. Like, That's how energy so companies sad. work, though. Yeah. Yeah. No competition allowed. I'm, I'm going to read I'm gonna read it eventually, but it, it's just one of those things where the, the things that intrigued me with the series originally have kind of faded. And there's new things that are, are probably just as interesting in the new books that they're exploring, but it's yeah. just not the old series. So, And, you know, it's... It's kind of like, well, what? Why does Holden need to be in this new part? Yeah, I don't know. I, I get like the the per- bringing Holden in the way they bring him in is a little it's, it's just, a little it's strange. Kinda, They're reaching a little bit. Yeah, it just that's my kind of thing. Is like because Holden was so integral to the beginning because of his contact with Miller and all. This, so that's why he's like the main character. But now it's like Hol- now I guess you know it's the turn Holden to Harry Dresden now. You know, are they just gonna have a bunch of Dresden like books where yeah, every Holden adventures every book is just a new ship in the Rio Conte going around? I don't know. Which is it, still gonna, like I like the Dresden books. I like that, but yeah. it's just different. So yeah. So the um, the interesting thing is that this new world has so they describe it. It's got like blue skies, but it has green clouds due to some like due to a bacteria in, in, in the, the water in the water. Yeah. I just imagine that world is Namek all the time. Like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, they're on Namek. Well, Namek is switched around. It's got green skies and, and blue, blue grass. Skies. But I still just read it. I'm like, they're on Namek. Like, I just read it. And, like, they talk about weird alien ruins that are, like, red and white. And I'm like, those are Namekian ruins. They're just on Namek all the time. Everything is Namek when I'm reading this book. I don't know why. Weird, like, bulbous houses of spice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's move to the news. Boop, boop, boop. 
We'll say, Steve, when you are done with those books, I really want you to read one of the Brandon Sanderson books I really like. I want to see what you think of it. What? The the Mists of Hero, Heroism book? There's some, the Mistborn book. The Mistborn no, book. no. Because I read part of Mistborn no, and it was called, okay. It's called Way of Kings. It was really good. So. I've heard about Way of Kings. It's the one that's the book you kept passing, the poor book that got left in the rain. Oh, yeah, the Way of Kings. <laughs> it's disappeared. I think it disintegrated. It can't disintegrate. It's made of awesome. That's true. It, it sat there. It was there for a long time, dude. It just. It like got rained on, then dried up, and then got rained on again, and just like sat on that table for probably two weeks. But, so, all right, you guys are leading the docket this week, man. I'm I've been so busy moving. So let's start with Ken with daylight savings in Arizona, which just started last Monday or something. I don't know. I just thought it was. I just I was like just about to go to bed, and I was like, thank God I don't have to do daylight savings. So I just thought it would be something interesting because it's. I was on like Twitter and right as daylight savings hit, you just got a massive random people saying just random shit like, "Oh, daylight savings gotta change my clock, gotta change the clock," and I'm losing my hour and all this shit. You're saying you're like, there seems to be a lot of vehemence towards daylight savings recently. Like maybe it's just that always happens, but I feel like it's more noticeable this year. Mountain Standard Time, yeah, and it's just life. Well, it's not even Mountain Standard Time; it's Arizona Mountain Standard Time because I think in Colorado, which is also Mountain Time, they follow daylight yeah. savings. So Arizona just doesn't give a shit. The You're literally in the one. There yeah. are parts of Arizona that do. Not yeah, it's it, it isn't that. I think that's weird. It's that it's that concept of time. I was just thinking about that and just how you know my mom recently went to China and I was thinking like every time I take my trip to China, I always feel like I'm time traveling. You know, yes. you go there and you'll lose a day. You and literally half. are time traveling. You're then, traveling back forwards through time, backwards through time. Well, when you go to China, traveling forwards, and when you come back, trying backwards. Yeah. And the, the wackiest one's going backwards because you'll leave China at like like one in the afternoon and you'll get to america on the same day at like 10 in the morning yep. you will literally have gone back in time and that's all because of this need for everyone to have these standardized time zones you know which is a human construct that idea is you know we created that yeah society did so just well you're also you're also like you are traveling backwards in time because you're traveling against the rotation of the earth yeah but not really and time like, is dictated you're by not the rotation really of the going earth. backwards in time it's just the zones are changing which we yeah. as i said is a it's a human concept ideally you would just hey it's 10 o'clock here and then 10 it's also 10 o'clock in china but just it just so happens that 10 o'clock in china is nighttime you know or 10 a.m is nighttime for them yeah. and we have to do some kind of you know relationship identification like oh i'm here and they're there so you'd still have to kind of do some kind of math to figure out like what time sort of they're really at in relation to you but it's i don't know it's just just a weird thought to me that yeah it's tickled my brain i thought man i'm glad i don't have to do that we're all time lords we've traveled to the east and then traveled to the west you wonder if you just keep traveling left or not left like (laughs) if you keep traveling west right will you just never grow old I don't know. Keep traveling backwards you, and you time perpetual, to stay young forever. You, you perpetually are just because no, that doesn't change your body's relevant. If you approach cycle, this, if you approach the speed of light, you won't ever get old. Your, or it'll well, take you a your body longer. will age, but you can theoretically say that you never age. Yeah. Well, you could if you get up it's to like, like being the, born on February 29th, right? Exactly. <laughs> you could like get up to like the speed of light and then come back in 250 thousand years would have gone by and you would not have aged at all. So. But you also true. can't hit the speed of light. So. Not yet. <laughs> not, yet. Not, in, not in your broken, pessimistic world, Addison Waldo. <laughs> yeah. But in Steve's world, someday. No, I mean, it's... I don't... Anyone except for the craziest dreamer 
like knows that you can't hit the speed of light. You know, maybe you can get ninety nine percent, but you can never actually get to the speed of light. Only light can go that fast. Yeah. <sighs> I read an article that was old. It was from June of last year. Was when it first came out, and then there was one in August where NASA had uh, they had essentially confirmed the existence of like a negative force drive so it was like a it was a it was a massless drive it didn't require any fuel it just used microwaves to propel objects forward in space and then there was i guess there was a scientific kerfuffle last year about it where people were because nasa said yeah we did these tests and we've shown that by only using microwaves you can create thrust which means that that totally changes space travel because i I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the satellites we have right now use similar ideas to that. Like, yeah. a lot of the satellites up there have ion thrust, where it's very, very low impulse, but you can get a lot of acceleration out of it after a very long time. Yeah. It's not something where you, like, turn it on and you're just like, <laughs> you fly away. It's something where you're literally just, like, pushing ionized, like, plasma out the back, and it's accelerating you so slowly. But you'll hit, like, a... But you can... It takes, like battery power to make that happen and only that pretty much and if you've got a solar powered satellite then you know theoretically aside from the components degrading it could just like get as fast as possible and then fly away doesn't it need uh doesn't that take some kind of of mass though like a like a fuel of some kind like an energy all it is is you have basically these two like bars and you're ionizing you're directing energy between them and just the stuff that exists in space is like all right ions can you fly away so this thing they were building like it had like a conical thruster shape to it it looks like it looks like the things on the back of a star destroyer or something like that like oh, burr, burr, yeah burr. so i don't know it looked cool but someday we don't know everything about this world maybe the land the answer lies in the oceans of which we well, that, ever the oceans are fucking expand, scary man there's yeah. no way in hell i would ever like i would if they're like, okay, we're all going to go into space travel, like, let's get some adventures, I'd be like, okay, I can think about that. If they're like, we're going to go have some deep-sea explorations of the depths of the world to explore, I'd be like, fuck no. Well, that's yeah. the thing, that is, is they've like, even conjectured that it's, like, like, a hundred times cheaper to colonize the moon than to colonize, like, <laughs> underwater. reasonable space in the ocean. The ocean is just Probably. so scary as fuck, man. Well, it's scary, and it's, it's an exact opposite environment for what you would get on another planet, right? Like... You go down, like, 10, 20 feet in a pool, and you're at multiple atmospheres of gravity. Yeah, and, and the fucking pressure, pressure now. The pressure, like, yeah. And that's... It's a lot harder to solve that problem, like, making a giant glass dome or whatever that can Support. survive, like, 50 times Earth's gravity yeah. in, in the hyperbolic time chamber. Versus just, like, flying to the moon, and all you have to worry about is space dust and meteorites, and, like, that's a pretty easy, <laughs> pretty easy problems in, in response, so... But. So, uh, the White House has been pissing you off all week, Addison. What's going on? Well, I just, I read this article and it, I didn't see it in any big news site, but... Was it on KingObama.net? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the White House Office of Administration is saying that they're no longer subject to Freedom of Information Act requests. And they did this during the the biggest, like, week meant to celebrate transparency in politics and news, Sunshine Week. They're saying, yeah, we don't, we're not going to respond to this anymore. Well, so what's the free, the Freedom of Information Act is the ability of... Freedom of Information says you can, will make an official request to a branch or office of the government that says, it's essentially like a civilian subpoena for something, right? Like, 
I want the case documents for this closed case or whatever. Like, you, as the government, are supposed to be transparent, and I should be able to know this. You know, I should be able to find this out individually if you're not going to put it on the news. Well, you know, try doing that to the NSA or whatever. They're just like, well, state secrets privilege. Yeah. Well, the White House is now saying the same thing. <laughs> like, and it's not the whole, it's not the White House. It's White House Office Administration, but those are the people who are like, manage emails and all of this stuff. And so now they're basically saying, you don't get Hillary's emails or whatever. You yeah. know, like, and that's, it's ridiculous to me, especially for the president who's pretty much just run on the platform of relative transparency. It's just saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm immune to that. He's not running again. Yeah, that's true, but poison pill for the next one, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's something that couldn't... That I don't know. They didn't even down. provide a good reason for it. They just they just literally were like, yeah, we're not doing those. Can anymore. they Sorry. say that? Like, are they able to just, like... Even, yes, they can. It, and it's not illegal. It's just totally optional. They're just like, we don't want to submit to these requests anymore. Sorry. Yes. Alright. Well, I don't know. I mean, that yeah, sucks. I, well, it just but... seems such like a confluence of stupid shit. What... Like, is, what is it that we could like that we would want to? I mean, what is it that we would reasonably expect to know to know from them? It's primarily a tool for journalists from. to get context for something that they're reporting on, right. right? It's like give me the the working text for these bills or something. You know, what I'm saying like it, you or I may not have a lot of use for it, but for a, for an investigator who's trying to figure something out, for a, a news reporter or like a a news organization or something like you make a freedom of information act request to get information that the government's not giving out of its own accord willingly right yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just another way to keep the masses uninformed yeah so it's it's like well, it's it, a way to give us the ability to be informed at our leisure yeah, yeah at our choice like our request, it's one of those yeah. things where it's like they won't put it out but if a citizen wants to know what happened then a citizen should yeah. be able yeah. to so know by doing this it's like you're preventing yeah, now you're saying you don't get to actually know how your government works. Sorry, it's but there's here. things that like if that the if the White House wants to keep secret, no matter the the Freedom of Information Act request, they'll keep it secret. Oh, I know. They don't yeah, but that doesn't I mean you have to cut that. off. That could be an, a one off basis for okay, we're not going to respond to that versus this is just no more. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. They're just not even going to take requests anymore. It's, they're not saying we're going to deny them all, or whatever. They're just saying. This mechanism that you had for getting this information, no more. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see how it's long. It's a big loss for society. But we'll see how long that lasts, though. The journalists will probably push for that to be. They can't deal. do anything. Yeah. It's totally legal for the White House to do that. So. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I guess the. Well, I would not say that the journalism do, doesn't have a big, lo- uh, big enough money to lobby with, but <laughs> the paper journalists might. The writers don't, but the, the TV yeah. journalists do. Speaking of big losses. For which one? The next one. Oh, so... <laughs> Ted Cruz is throwing his hat into the ring. Oh, big losses for... Yeah, so... Yeah, for America. So Ted Cruz, <laughs> so Ted Cruz is going to enter, is entering the presidential race, right? Yep. The weird thing about that is there was all this contention about the fact that he's he... He's like a Canadian. He's Canadian-born. He is Canadian-born, yeah. But apparently he renounced his Canadian citizenship. In 2014? In 2014. And he was like, no. Because his mom is... I think his, his dad was Canadian, but his mom was American. And so... His mom was there for, like... It was American and was there for some kind of... Re, you know, like... I don't even... Business or something. Business, yeah, it was... 
I think it was business, and she just happened to have him there. Not because they lived there in Canada. So Yeah, so he's technically a dual citizen. But he renounces dual citizenship to just be like, America, the only country that matters. And, you know, betrayed Canada, which why you would betray Canada, I don't know. Well, I mean, you, the can't nicest people ever. you can't run for president being a exactly. citizen. So well, it but makes sense to me. Dual citizenship is allowed. You just have to be a natural-born citizen of the United States. I think, I think more of it is just that allowed. people are going to use that against him as an issue, which I think is... He's got, he's, got a, he's got a lot of... You want some fucking socialist Canadian running your country? Yeah, well, that's the thing. is like There's a lot of other things you can call Ted Cruz out for, but I think of trying to attack him because he happened to be born in Canada. It just seems... Yeah, that's an accident. That's like it's not anything he had any control yeah. over. Well, the courts like officially ruled that it didn't matter as well. So <laughs> I like, like how we had our court system go into that. The yeah. thing we pay so much money to decide spend their time on deciding if Ted Cruz's birth in Canada. Yeah, let him run; he's not going to win. Well, you know the, the <laughs> shitty the, the shitty thing is that all that time that means all that time spent hounding Obama about whether or not he's a natural born citizen because he. Like, his father was born in Kenya or whatever, and blah, 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 his birth certificate. None of that matters anymore, because as long as you were an, at least a dual citizenship, or a dual citizen, it doesn't matter. But they wasted all that time and money, like, going after well, Obama about his citizenship. Well, because that's the only way that they were going to be able to get Obama to not win, and they knew it. Yeah. Right? There was no chance Mitt Romney was going to win that, especially after, strategy, like, a 47% yeah. remark and everything. Like, If the Democrats this year think that the best way to attack Ted Cruz is to bring up his... Non-unit non citizenship again, then they'll bring it up. Just as yeah. they felt like attacking Obama by saying he was, you know, but that last, or whatever. Yeah, I guess that was that was lasting a lot even through re-election, and then after after Obama got re-elected, they kind of gave up on it. But, but say it didn't matter anymore. They can't like do anything ret about retroactively it impeach, take away yeah. his presidency. The so, thing. So now we have to vote for Jeb Bush, pretty much, because Jeb Bush. Is a far preferable non Tea Party alternative yeah. than anyone from the Tea Party. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's get into it. Then, what do you guys think about Ted Cruz throwing his hat in? Ted well, Cruz he's from Texas, so maniac. I don't think anyone from Texas should have any rule of anything because they're fucking crazy. In Texas. Yeah, that's I don't true. think that's true, but I think he's certainly <laughs> yeah. like just, that level of conservative. From Texas, he is, though. you know, he's the face of the Tea Party for all intents and purposes. Like. He, he is not a person that I would want to see in the White House. I think the mo the moment that he, if he wins, we are going to be in some serious fucking trouble. Yeah. I'll be defecting to Canada. Expat. <laughs> Expat for life. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Ken? Like, yeah, I mean. Aside just... from the fact that he's from Texas. like, <laughs> All right. Let it be known I have no issue that he's from Texas. <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, I just, I agree with Addison. Just don't. I don't really like his views. He's Tea Party. I just I don't like extremists. That's just really because it could be on the other end. We could have a, like an extreme liberal person on the yeah. left. I wouldn't, want him, I wouldn't want him either. Sexist, well, but... because if you're extreme liberal, you're basically like a hippie and you just don't want to do anything. So the government should provide for everyone free weed, free everything. Yeah. Let's all do hang you... out together. So explosive I... bullet launcher, <laughs> explosive bullet launcher for everyone. I I I don't know if. We're not really freaked out about this. I don't think any of us think he has a serious chance of winning. Do I, we? The thing is, I feel like he might. <laughs> I think. I think he. I don't know. Like, I would be shocked. You have to see who the Republican nomination goes out to eventually. Well, I think but the primary is going to be a fucking bloodbath. It's going to be. Hot. <laughs> it's going to be hot. And, like, I think Rand Paul's like, going to go in there. Like it's going to be hot. You're going to have either the most Tea Party guy ever get the nomination or 
some neutered. Half I did. Republican I just did some like googling Jim. of Ted Cruz though, because I, I, to be honest, I didn't really know a lot about scaring him. kids by saying the world's on fire. And, well, the thing is, he's got a lot of positive press out there. There's been a lot. Of, there's a there's a lot more nice things said about him than I would have expected. And it's not all just from like Fox News either. So, uh, you know, I I don't know his chances. I don't follow the politics enough, but I. I don't know. I feel like it's like a snake in the grass, you know? Like, he may look fine right now, but you can just... By aligning yourself with a tea party, I just feel like it can't be good. So, Yeah, I feel like he'll... I don't know. Part of me is almost like I, I hope that they run him on the on the Republican ticket because I feel like there's no way he can win, which means the Democrats are just going to go back into office. But at the same time, if he even gets that close, I'll be real I think nervous. it's a little conceited I'll to think that the, the Republican has no chance of winning. I'm just saying that for me, personally, I feel like if they put a guy like him up there, I don't. Yeah, that that's that's equivalent to like Rick Santorum winning the primary when Romney did. I like, feel like you're putting. No I'm, I'm, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of pro Republicanness in this yeah. election just because Obama has been in power for so long. Yeah. I just think that happens naturally. It's not even it's just not a even, desire for change. It's, get the guns. fuck was that? I don't know what that was. Sound like some, like, C4 just went off in the backyard. Might be if they're having a game today or something. Uh, An ASU game? Well, they're... Could have been, be... like, someone dropping something off a truck yeah. or something. Well, get the sidearm just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, fuck Ted Cruz. That's all it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, I just... I feel like when you have someone that, like, that insanely... Like, he's just... He's the leader of the Tea Party, and even the Republicans are disliking the Tea Party now. Like the Tea Party is this insane sect within They're the like Republican the Party. But they, but they have, but what comes with the poison is they have, they have fervent. There is they have fervent support. They've got like they're the people that do support them are diehards. Whereas yeah. you can't say that for the other like for mainstream Republicans or Democrats at all. Yeah, yeah <laughs> in fact, true. it's it's been shown that there are more Democrats than Republicans consistently throughout time, but less Democrats vote than Republicans do. So, or as, as a percentage of population. population, so it's like, like if every Democrat who was Democrat decided to vote, like they would win every single year. But you just get people like like me. I'll admit, like me, some years and I'm just like, you know, don't really care. Yeah, I'm pretty much a you know moderate liberal, but I don't care. So yeah, well, I can't imagine that they'll put a guy in off that they'll put someone in office who has such. Similar leanings towards the guy who decided to write a proposition in California to say that all gay to people should be shot. So this dude, Matt, yeah, Matthew McCauley or something like that, or McLaughlin, some fucking some, idiot. This attorney in California put uh, put out a bill saying that uh, essentially that he, what's his name, Matt McLaughlin, he's an attorney from California, and essentially there's this thing that you can do in California where if you submit a proposal for a bill. With two hundred dollars and um, some kind of certification, they have to circulate it to the people of California. And if Referendum. it gets if it gets three hundred sixty five thousand signatures, it goes onto the ballot to be voted into law. So, this guy put up a a, a bill, and this I'll just read you the first the first paragraph is the best because it's just it's insanity. Insanity incarnate, as I wait for the internet to go. Take me forward. Show me. It might be broken. 
Just show me the second page. Is your phone cracked? No. What was that block in the middle then? That? That's just shit from when I moved. Okay. Okay, first paragraph. The abominable crime against nature known as buggery, called also sodomy, is a monstrous evil that Almighty God, giver of freedom and liberty, commands us to suppress on pain of our utter destruction, even as he overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. That's Article A. Do you know what the name of the bill is being the dubbed? The Sodomite Suppression Act. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I gotta say, it's kind of got a ring Welcome to, to California. Seeing that it is better that offenders should die rather than that all of us should be killed by God's just wrath against us for the folly of tolerating wickedness in our midst, the people of California wisely command, in the fear of God, that any person who willingly touches another person of the same gender for purposes of sexual gratification, be put to death by bullets to the head or by any other convenient method. So we don't do generally touch on the gay rights issue because we're all pro-gay rights. Like, we don't... I'm a very pro-gay right, like, gay marriage person, gay rights. You guys just really... It, you, you don't care. You don't seem to care well, as far as I know. That's the only reasonable just, position I can see. It's yeah. Be your human being. You should be allowed to do what you want to do. Do what you want to do as long as, as long as it doesn't impinge on me. Yeah. As long as you're not killing people or killing me. Like, I'm not killing whatever you I'm want. just saying, like, if you want to be gay, go for it. Just don't be gay on Yeah. <laughs> but, so we don't talk about this a lot, uh, even on the podcast, but what the fuck? <laughs> like, I don't understand. This is what you get with religion. Yeah. That's gotta be That's fireworks. definitely a game. That's fireworks. Fireworks, yeah. But it's when you let such stupidity encroach upon people's reasonableness and common sense, what do you think you're going to get? Yeah. Right? Like I this. Mean, and the sad thing is, with how large California is, getting 365,000 signatures to that, don't think that's very hard. No. It's ne- it would never get voted in. The ballot would fail immediately. But the fact that it can even get this far, yeah. where it's going to be possibly circulated to the people of California for consideration or it referendum to make so, it law. Yeah. I get because California has that rule that you could get it in referendum. But it's like of all the places that do that, you know. Yeah, yeah, the place the the, the, has the least amount of chance was maybe well, New York. the blue estate, and this guy just wants it to turn into fucking Sharia law, basically. <laughs> it just doesn't make I sense. Want this, I want California to be Egypt. God, is that so well, bad? How does it get into your mind when you go, like, even if you read, like, when you read the Bible? The Bible is mostly just about a dude. The it's Bible like, is mostly pick and choose what you want yeah, out of it. Like the this Bi- guy is like, I hate gay people because it's something I don't understand and I'm afraid of because I'm probably gay. Kill him. Yeah, but it's like, like, sodomite is not just a gay person. It's a, any person who commits sodomy, and you can commit sodomy with a woman. Like, that's just doing it in the butt. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> and, like, so in that whole reference to Sodom and Gomorrah, it does, it's not that there's, like, it's not like in, you know, Athens where they were all banging little boys or anything like that. It was just that, it was that there were a bunch of people having anal sex, essentially, and God, apparently God got mad and threw a pillar of fire down on him. My wife shit. didn't let me have fucking anal sex. So <laughs> everyone who does it should die. But it just, it just, how do you get in your this idea in your head that you're like, being gay is so evil and so wrong that I think that the government should just kill anybody who even has this homosexual thought. And if the government won't do it once this is passed, there's a there's a, an addendum in here that says if the government if this passes. It can never be repealed except if unless by the Supreme Court of California. And if the government doesn't act on it for a year, then the citizens can freely just murder gay people and won't get in trouble. Yeah, it literally says that. Pill. I mean, it's... It literally says that. It says, 
It says the citizens may freely exercise this with uh, with not not only without any fear of repercussions, but can be repaid all attorney fees should they be sued for killing a gay person or something like. Covers bases. Dude? I don't understand. Thank God we don't live in California. Yeah. Fuck California. Thank you God. gotta move there too. I mean, you I would. I want to live there temp- temporarily. And the <laughs> thing is, this guy doesn't represent California. This represents one madman in a state with a with a loophole in the law. Like, that's all it is. <laughs> And sometimes that's all it takes, right, Hitler? But, like, I don't... I don't know. I just... Hitler? Hitler. Hitler. It takes yeah. one madman with a loophole in the law to turn... to turn. Well, it takes one madman with one night where he kills every fucking bit of uh, competition Resistance. he had in his own party and in others. And then you take over a country. And then you try and take over the world. Like, the first, co- the first commandment is thou shalt not kill. Like, that is... The first commandment is thou shalt not murder. Not thou shalt not kill. And there is a difference. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they, people say thou shalt not kill because they don't read the fucking Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it is thou shalt not murder. Yeah, I guess there's a difference. But I feel like mur- I feel like killing someone for being gay is murder. No, like, it is. Well, when the rest of the Bible spends all of its time enjoining you to kill people, they want to make a difference between you shouldn't, like, kill your own kind, but if people are different from you, feel free. That's yeah. not murder. That's cleansing. Yeah. It's bringing about the purity, I guess. I don't fucking so know. Goes, I hate this so shit. So goes the Old Testament. Someday. Okay. Someday. It may probably not in our lifetimes at all. We'll live in a world free of this bullshit. Not yeah. of just bigotry against gays, but uh, hopefully a bigotry in general. Although the human race is designed by nature to be bigoted. Because we are designed to break up into groups and uh, and see other people see people as other it's like a defense mechanism, essentially. Like, if you're different from me, you're dangerous. That's like a hard, hardwired into our brains, you know? But yeah. hopefully institutionalized bigotry will be eradicated in the well, next hundred years. Well, the problem is when half of your institution agrees with the bigotry and the other half doesn't, then let you them have partisan a war gridlock. Like... Or just let them have a war amongst each other like they do with anyone who doesn't disagree with them. And hopefully our side wins. <laughs> I don't know. What's uh what's up with Netanyahu? Go well, to a two state so, like, solution. Is he shitting all over the Middle East again? Pretty much. I mean the first like the day before the votes were supposed to go in, when he thought that there was a reasonable chance that his like fascist nationalist Israeli party wasn't going to win an election again, he says, Oh no, no no two state solution. As long as I'm prime minister or president or whatever, there will not be a Palestinian state. To win the election. Because the next day when he's, you know, his party wins the majority of seats and whatever, he's like, no, I, I totally think there can be a two-state solution. Maybe not right now, but I think there can totally be one. Like, it, it is politics in action. And it is a blatant, like, he out-and-out lied to get votes and then backtracked on his lie immediately. And everyone's just like, are you fucking kidding me <laughs> Like, how can you... And, and you're being entrusted to run, like... The most attacked, like, dangerous country in the world. And you have this terrifying, like... And the part of the reason he said all this, he made, like, the most racist remark ever where he's like, yeah, don't let these fucking Arab nationalists get their own state. They're going to vote against me just because they think that, you know, if, if the other party gets in, things will change in their favor. Don't let the Arabs win. It's just like, are you... <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. And and this is supposed to be our ally too. Like I'm pretty pro-Israel by virtue of being against terrorism in Palestine, but 
when shit like this happens, I'm like, I know that you guys are just in it for yourself, right? Like, yeah. you take our billions of dollars, which we force you to spend the billions of dollars to buy military equipment from us. I don't know if you've ever heard about that, but... <laughs> I don't know. Part, well, so we give, a huge, for we us. give a huge aid package to Israel, right? And there's, like, billions of dollars that they get in military aid, but part of this, the stipulations for getting that money is that when they purchase arms and stuff, like, some percentage of it has to be arms made in America. Ah, of course. <laughs> yeah, like, 80% of it. Double tipping. Yeah, so, like... Is that, a, like, America's tax write-off? Like, we give well, you $5 billion, you have to spend a billion of it in America? It's the way that we make sure that, like, they don't become militarily dependent on, like, Russia, basically. Because Russia's their other big arms supplier for Israel. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. It's... Uh, I really... And disappointed that Netanyahu decided to do that to win. But I'm just, yeah. you know. did Netanyahu does he get if does he get elected by his party or is he well? So he Israel does this, you know, the weird like coalition government thing where you they have a parliament called the Knesset, and when voting occurs, like your party wins seats in the Knesset, and then the majority party, the party with most seats, gets to elect the prime minister yeah. or president or whatever it is. So he, they got thirty. The next party the got twenty four. Yeah, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're the opposition party because fuck you guys." <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I don't know. I just we were so close. And even if like in the end, in totality, he didn't actually mean that there'd never be a Palestinian state. The fact that he fucking said that has set back relations with Palestine. For who fucking knows? We've been trying to solve that problem for like 80 for a years long now. Time. And he's just like, oh, this work, it goes in garbage. No more. He's like the Russian Israeli Prime Minister now. I mean, there's I something know. like 50% of Israelis speak He's been Russian doing Russian. a lot of shit that's really been like, I feel like straining our relationship. Even just when he came here. Well, but they're the only ally we can count on there. That's what I'm saying. So it's it like, you, you kind of have to, but it's, it is unfortunate. He's a career politician. That's just. It's, it's, it, you don't want to be cynical, but you just, it's almost, for me, it's like, if you're a career politician, I just almost have a hard time thinking. There comes a point where I feel like we just kind of need to say, fix, solve it yourself. You obviously don't want help from us. We've tried time and time again, and 50% of the time, Palestine's pulled out, but the other 50% of the time, it's been Israel, right? So, there's got to come a point where it's just like, you obviously don't want help solving this problem. We've tried to help you. Fuck you. Do it yourself now. Yeah, you, you've I mean, shown that you could defeat the entire Arab world in six days or whatever. Just yeah. go do that. Like, well, yeah, it's like just let. I mean, to a certain extent, it's like you have to. You know, when nations are formed and things like that, they it tends to just happen because there's a massive war, and then whoever whoever's on top at the end wins, right? That's what happened in America. Like the colonists rose up against against the British, and there was a huge war, and then we were on top at the end, and we won, and now we're America. And that's not and we also just slew Israel, all the Indians, though, but unfortunately, Israel like plopped Israel in. Israel and <laughs> yeah, they were, were airdropped into the middle of another state. Israel <laughs> and Palestine were air quotes owned by the British. It's called the Palestinian or Mandate Palestine, Mandatory Palestine. Um, after World War Two, there you start to see this huge influx of displaced Jews from Central Europe and you know the continental Europe for the most part trying to find a homeland, a place they can live because they still don't feel, like, accepted where they are. Yeah. And then the Jewish minority in 
mandatory Palestine says, just come here. Don't worry. And Britain's like, all right, well, you know, within reason, we'll let some refugees come over. There comes a point where Britain says, well, you're starting to change, like, the demographics for this area pretty heavily. It was, like, 5% Jews, 95% Arabs, and it's, like, 50-50 now. <laughs> Maybe we need to put a halt on this. And the Jews are like, no. So they start ambushing British patrols. They drive the British out to the point where a solution is formed wherein there is Israel a state, declare statehood, and we're, of course, like, we're on the phone within 10 seconds, like, we'll back you up, bro. And then there's, like, what's left of Palestine. And then Israel says, no, that's not enough. And they go and fucking ruin the lives of the Arabs around them. They almost get driven to the sea by Jordan and Syria. And then after that, they're, they're where they are now, pretty much. And they've fought their many wars. But Israel, like, is basically the Jewish version of ISIS succeeding. Yeah. In the 50s. Like... Which, you know, say what you will about Judeo-Christian values in America and how it's going to line up with the Jewish state. But, I mean, if they want to argue on the terms of who has ancestral rights to that land, pretty clearly the Jews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's a, that's a fallacious argument to have, right? They haven't lived there for 2,000 years or whatever, and they just came and, and stole it, basically. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like sometimes, like you say, it almost seems better just to let them fight it out and whoever stands on top at the end. <laughs> and they've shown that they can fucking win, right? Well, yeah, Israel's <laughs> so... It's not. It's like rocks against... It's like the most modern military against a military throwing rocks, almost. like For the most part, yeah. yeah. I mean, they... And they're they're not afraid to fucking sneak just attack to, people. From, from our standpoint, either. it's tough, though, because, like, if you don't have Israel as an ally, just... There's not many more points of contact in the Middle East that you can but have. But why should we even give a fuck about the Middle East? Well, that's the thing. Oil. Yeah, we make <laughs> enough oil here now. We don't got to worry about it. I think that. it's just yeah. good strategy in general to have points of contact in every single region of the world. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, it's, it's some military strategy. The problem is we're based in Israel, and then everyone around Israel is like, and then we really <laughs> want to fucking turn it into dust and sweep its, the ashes of its people into the oceans. It's like, oh, well, let's just insert ourselves... It's the most virulent conflict that's existed for 80 years. Man, it'll be fine. This will work out for everyone. No, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think if the United States were to go to to, uh, to stop buying foreign oil and just produce our own, how do you think that would affect the world? There would be a lot of problems. But, I mean, Iraq and, and Iran and all them would probably have a fucking hissy fit because there's no one else to buy their fucking oil. Yeah. That's pretty much. I don't even think we're in, like, we're helping Israel just for the oil, though. It's not, well, no. It's, well, it's strategic, right? It's just that we need to have it, uh, allies around the world in case, like Russia makes a power play for, for I mean, Ukraine yeah. and but stuff. But I'm just like saying, that. I don't, like, I don't really. I mean, it doesn't ultimately come down to oil. So, although it's a big part, yeah. Well, oil is a big part of Iraq, you know, but it was, it's not a big part of us being in the Middle East. Because you know, interestingly, we've actually had a pretty reasonable relationship with the Middle East for a long time, like. At the end of the Barbary campaign to Tripoli in the 1870s up until, like, World War II, we were actually, like, because both are monotheisms, right? Like, Islam and Christianity are <laughs> yeah. pretty much, Islam's just a fucking sham version of Christianity. <laughs> so, where I was like, yeah, brother Mujahideen, like, fight the fucking Russians or whatever. And then the Ottoman Empire is like, no, Nazis are great. And they fucking join the war against the Allies. They get their shit kicked in. And then we're friends with them again, up until the 90s, when you start to, like, dictatorship is fine when your people still only have, like, swords and muskets and shit. 
But when you are a dictator who's got chemical weapons and you've got, you know, your death squads rolling around with AKs and your gas and curds and shit. Sit no. down. <laughs> going crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. no, it's, it's it's a little too much for, like, people in that country to handle, let alone someone else. So, oh, well. But. Well, it's just one of those conflicts that there's not really an easy solution to. Like, even. Well, no, there's no solution to it because neither side's going to give up what they think is theirs. Yeah. Right? I mean, the the best solution is to turn Jerusalem into a crater so that no one so that no one has to care about it anymore. There's no Aksamas, there's no Take the Jerusalem bomb and go home. Just bomb the shadow. Yeah. yeah. Well I mean it, as, if they've got nothing left to fight over, then you know, <laughs> it's all about nation building at that point. It's less about who's got a religious right to own some land that no one should own, you know? <laughs> yeah. So oh well. So, tax season's coming up. Shifting gears oh, economically. Tax season is now. Well, it's almost over. Right? Tax it's season. close to be done. It's got oh, like I, two in some weeks. Yeah. I was I was just, uh, remember the other day, I got, so I got a really large tax return. I know that, I think Steve got a pretty big one too, mm-hmm. but just a little known fact I just want to throw out there to our listeners, because we're trying to help you guys out, that the bigger your tax return that is, that means the worse you did throughout the year on your taxes, so. How so? Well, essentially, what a... When you get a tax return, that's basically you saying, I gave the government, the government saying, you gave us too much money. We're going to give it back to you. So the premise is, is that if you had just been taxed the correct amount throughout the year, which is, le- which is, which money. is less, right? Yeah. So you could have paid, so if I got $2,000 back, I could have paid $2,000 less throughout the year and got zero return back. And in essence, had $2,000 a year ago. to invest. Yeah. Or not just invest, but just, you know, I could have had $2,000 more throughout the year. But $2,000 over, 12 months is not... I, it's not like terrible... You know, it's not a huge deal, but, it's you know... Like $100 it's, a month, $200 Well, so... A lo- and a lot of people will get their tax refunds back, and they'll, they'll be like, oh, like, I got money back. It's free money. It's not free money. Yeah. It's it's money that you paid to... You you basically gave the government an interest-free loan. That's yeah. really what a tax return is. Yep. So, the bigger your return, the greater the joy, but that also means the, the worse off you were. So, in reality, if you do get a really big tax return, you should try upping up your percentages. Well, there's some cases where that's not necessarily true. Like, my return was pretty large, not because I overpaid. Or, like, I intentionally overpaid on Arizona just because I had underpaid before. Right, and if, you, if just, you've got certain credits and, like, well, your student loan thing. interest my things that can offset. Interest, yeah, like, there's doubled my return. There's that, too. <laughs> and there's stuff that'll that'll come through, but I think, for the most part... Like no. if it if it, if you're just accounting for payroll tax, right, and you got money back, yeah, you need to fix just, your percentage. Just, but a just, lot of people just, don't really. Just have an interesting fact, and then, that, but it, studies have been shown that people will tend to blow their tax, um, returns. tax returns on just stuff because yeah, I, they I, feel I, like it's a free free income. They think it's right. like a bonus. But I take it's, half and half, baby. Save half, but, but it's not. You know, because it's money. It's money that you gave out. It's your own money that you owed. It's not. You're getting extra money at the end of the year. It's money that you should have had and you didn't have, you didn't have access to. So, yeah. Just a thought out there. I got insanely keep it, lucky. Keep it interesting. I got insanely lucky with my tax return this year because I didn't pay any, any state tax or federal tax this year. I paid almost zero federal tax for the entire year on everything I made. How much did you make? Like, my AGI was like barely $10,000. That's still within like that starting bracket. Yeah, but I but I also had like a like an education credit and stuff because I went to school and all that. So I got like a massive tax return, bigger than last year, but I paid almost zero federal tax. I paid Social Security and Medicare and all that stuff, but I didn't pay any federal actual federal income tax on almost anything I made. 
I don't know how I got so lucky because I thought I was going to owe the government like $3,000. Uh, watch your and, email for, for the fucking IRS. If you're below here. like $15,000, you basically get every tax you paid back. Yeah, that's just, I think that's what happened. That's just because you're, they just consider you below the poverty line. Yeah, in addition to getting if you're poor, if you're credit, poor, so. they don't, they don't. I don't think there is an education tax credit like that. It's the um, American Americans with Opportunities Tax Credit or something. They, yeah, but that's not that's not a credit. That's um, that's just a deduction. That's it's just a, a deduction. It's a, yeah. it's a deductible. Yeah, but you probably didn't make enough money to, to I, pass. I did. <laughs> well, I got I I spent enough. So it's either that or it's the EIC, the Earned Income Credit. But either way, like it's basically that probably well, that's well, that's more true than the other one. Yeah, yeah, you probably were below the party line, so that's why they give it to you. Well, because the get... education is a deductible, so yeah, everyone gets a standard deduction. So like off the bat, like you, everyone just gets like a six thousand two hundred dollars deduction. Yep. Yeah. If you don't break that and itemize expenses, like student interest loans, property repayments, like medical fees, student like fees, tuition and whatnot. So if that didn't break that, this and that's not tuition. That's not tuition. We're talking about fees. We're talking like books, basically just books. Yeah. Um, if that exceeded six thousand two hundred dollars, then you can then itemize. You get that instead, right? So I don't think you broke that. So it's probably their income credit. Yeah, maybe. I don't and know. that's that's not for being a student. That's for just being poor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got lucky. Nothing wrong with that. No, so. you. You. I mean, I, I think it's the right thing to do for the government to say like, hey, you guys are like below the poverty line. You should just get everything back. Yeah. So, but let me. Um, while we're on the economy thing, I. Didn't put it up, or did I put it up there? Oh, I did put it up there. Okay, that's the next line. What Greece? Oh, the Greek, yeah, Greek Jews. It, <laughs> I was just reading this on the economy. So, what happened is, so you know, Greece is obviously was one going of, crazy, right? Right. Well, Greece is in terrible debt right now. It's the EU's got a ton, and when I say EU, I mean basically Germany because they're it's better now. But Germany's still basically they're the, the richest country, the and they're yeah. they're leading everything and. They're struggling to keep the EU together or the economy together because they use the euro and the value of the euro dropping so low. It's ruining them, too. Yeah, it's Mm. almost one to one now. So they're really trying to keep that afloat. Coming back, dollar for life. (laughs) You don't want it to be dollar for life. You want everyone else to have my currency so our exports do better. Yeah, anyways. So we, um, so Greece obviously, you know, has part of the mandate from Germany, our Germany led coalition was that you guys need to cut back on all the spendings and we'll give you these loans and you have to pay us back and basically you basically go into bankruptcy and we're going to watch all your spending and we're going to make sure you don't spend any more than this level we're going to have to anything you come with a but you as greece will come with a budget and then we germany will agree like we'll have to certify that we agree with your yeah. budget well because right? germany is one of the best like or is it is it germany denmark like is it germany that has one of the best economies like in the germany. world like it's germany's super germany's balanced everything's fourth right now yeah it's either and, third or fourth and i remember greece like goes to they went to <laughs> germany and said please help us our economy is going to well shit. not just no, they went they, they went to the greece decided i don't like the way these debts are and then their new government got into place and greece is like we need to talk about this germany's like we still have way more power to influence yeah the basically you do th- there's a new government got elected to greece Super. and greece is been the finance has been run poorly for forever they got a new government and they're basically chafing at the fact that they have all these loans and they want to they want the they want to they want to the bail, bail out they want to bail out basically they want to bail out from the big eu well, that's the nations. thing is they don't alexander Tsipras like did everything he could to make sure that didn't happen he just they want to repeal austerity right taxes are at like 25 percent for yeah. everyone employees 
unemployment's at, like, 50%. Like, it's just shitty to be in Greece. And he's like, well, this is because the last government, like, way overextended itself on its debt. And we want to re-appeal back these, like, give citizens some semblance of a life back. But we also don't want to pay back these loans that we took out from. Well, the yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, that to me, I guess, is a bailout. They just they want they want their debt to be forgiven, essentially. Yeah. And because they can't pay it back easily without you know having massive taxes and, and screwing over a lot of their economy, and so basically, basically, what a group of Greek citizens have done is specifically, is the Jewish Greeks have banded together and are starting to put out propaganda in Greece that. It is unfair of Germany to be calling for us to pay off our debts when their war crime debts were forgiven after World War II. And so it is hypocritical of Germany to wish to call back their debt, Greece's debt, when Greece loaned them money after World War II and their economy collapsed. And it, and, because Germany's debt was, half of it was forgiven. So I was telling Addison, this is the Jewish thing I've ever heard. And no, check this out. They're like, the bill for this is an article, and it says the bill for fifty-eight thousand five hundred eighty-five Jews sent to Auschwitz and other camps exceeded two million Reichsmarks, which is about twenty-five million euros. Yeah, twenty-five million euros. For decades, this was a forgotten footnote among the greater horrors of the Holocaust, in the fact that the Nazis made the Jews pay for their own transportation to Auschwitz, to death camps. Oh, yes, God. and so there is. So they were saying. So this $25 million in euros are his money that the Germans owe the Jews. Which doesn't even touch Greek debt. Right. But, but, <laughs> but it's just, it is just a list of, and then they went and listed, you know, they're saying, and there's actually, I mean, it's true, there's a lot of aid that was given to Germany after, um, World War II because obviously their entire country is in shambles no, economically. The country was cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they was, uh, you know, they, and they actually got their, like, they had all, all the EU unions basically gave out loans to Germany, and the UN, it wasn't forced, but essentially they were able, the UN was able to convince these countries to essentially forgive almost half Germany's debt. And so what the Greece was, a lot of these Greek Jews and Greek um, governmental people are saying, well, Germany, you're right, because Germany's right now at the forefront of saying, Greece, get your shit together, you need to pay us back our money. And they're like, whoa, 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 Germans. You guys got forgiven a ton of shit when Hitler was in charge. You need to pay for your crimes first. That was only you don't need years. to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just read that and I was like, wow, that just, well, just that the fact is literally that literally seventy, maybe even eighty years ago now. Yeah, there's got to be a statute of limitations, but on they shit, on like, war crimes. Well, and... on on that debt because i mean the problem is greek's debt problem is from like the junta in the 70s onward right yeah and but germany's problem is from like 45 to, to well it, it's 20s. just it's just the fact yeah. that it's it's you know greece is just trying to find a way to it's cover a, their it's ass a and creative it's, it's interesting way to well because you read it so so problem. among the claims that greece or individual greece's uh greeks might bring to germany Tens of possibly billions of euros in present-day money as compensation for destroyed infrastructure and goods, including archaeological treasures looted by Nazi the Nazis. Compensation for estimated 300,000 pe- people who died in famine because of the Nazis. Compensation for the slaughter of civilians as reprisals for partisan attacks. Um, one of which was the great village of Distimo. Repayment of some 1.9 billion drachmas, so $5, or, or 50 million euros. The Jewish community paid as ransom to occupying authorities in 1942 in return for 10,000 Jewish laborers. 
repayment of interest-free loan of 568 million Reichsmarks, or 7.1 billion euros, that Nazis forced Greece to make to Germany. So the Nazis were like, German, are... We're taking out a loan. Give us the money. (laughs) It's a loan, quote-unquote. Returning the train fares, and then just, you know, quite a few other different... Yeah, but, I mean, that's... (laughs) It's just just funny. I want to see what the German response to that is, because it's probably like, not only no, but fuck no. Yeah. We've moved on. Sorry. Well, it, the article kind of goes to say is that not necessarily that it'll work, but there is some it does, it does people make well it does make some Germans take pause because I I guess deep down inside there's still like a great shame over it oh, in Germany. Yes, there is. And so the word like Schult is debt for German is is German for debt, but it also means guilt too. So for them, you know, to have Schultz to Greece, Greece is like you have Schultz us, like <laughs> give us money. Forgive our debts as we forgave you. So it's just an interesting thing that it, I guess desperate countries do desperate things, but yeah. What do you think is going to happen to them overall? Think they'll they'll bail out or you know it's it's, it's a giant game of chicken, the right? Brexit. Well, it's, it's you know <laughs> you've got you've got Greece who really can't pay back their debts. They really can't. So the problem is if they can't pay back their debts, you basically force a country into bankruptcy. And there are ways to do that to a country. It just shatters a country. So. As Greece being part of the EU, if Greece were to fall, mm-hmm. and their their GDP and income and currency is still tied to the euro, so that would just wreck the euro even more. So it's like you don't want them to have to pay. You don't want them to go into bankruptcy so that you wreck the euro. But on the flip side, they owe these people all this money. So like Germany, England, and France and Spain. Not really Spain anymore, but. Those three big powers have loaned out all this money to all of the failing EU unions or countries, and when they're not getting paid back on their debt, they're losing money. Essentially, it, everyone it lowers down. their yeah. economies, which lowers the euro. So it's kind of like which which is the worst alternative? Just having Greek go shit and have everyone be okay, or have everyone sort of not get their money they owed Greek because like they gave you know Greece like like billions and like five hundred billion dollars in in aid. And loans and stuff like that so they can help their government out. So if that doesn't come back to them in any shape or form, that's that's a huge blow to their economy and their infrastructure for banking. So yeah. they're it's just they're in a tight spot and that kinda is the flaw of that entire system. Right? Is that you've got you know it's all great and dandy when everyone's doing really well. You've got fifteen really strong economies pulling together, making this Euro super strong, right? But if a couple of them start to fall or start to crumble, then they're really gonna drag down the top. So People in the Catsbird seeds freaking England who decide not to join, yet somehow still get all the benefits of being in the EU. Better believe it. All right, so um, what's Francis doing that he's imposing a, a resignation in five years? Is that for the Pope? Does he want yeah, to Pope I just, every five years? I just, well, not every Pope, but he just made a proclamation saying that he was only going to stay in office for five years as Pope. Really? Yeah. But he's so good at it. He's old. He's like 71. Yeah. They're all old, naturally, yeah. by the way, the process. But I, I, I just thought that was a great idea. Yeah, term limits on a pope. <laughs> That's interesting. But I mean, it's the pope not gonna, is usually the next guy's going to be. Well, yeah. Well, the problem is the guy before him already broke the president by resigning. Yeah. The the Nazi. The Nazi. I don't the even know. Nazi. He wasn't the, the, the Ratzinger. Ratzinger. The one who wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, he was a Nazi. I don't know. Wasn't good. But he was a pope that basically didn't do anything. So this new pope got elected, and he's kind of saying, "I kind of only want. I kind of only want to be pope for like five years." It's kind of what he's saying. Yeah. And. 
I think it's a great idea. I just was like, all right, I really like this pope as much as you can like. Well, but now he's just like, a Vatican president. He's not even a fucking pope anymore. Yeah, like, but, but the thought, but the thought of like positions for life—that's all great if the person's awesome and he yeah. seems like he's good. Well, it's great but, for the awesome person who has a position for life, and then the next guy is complete shit. Well, <laughs> the thing is, like, or once you go crazy, they're like Pope John Paul, the whatever, the second or whatever his face is, the, yeah. the last, the really good pope everyone loved. He was really great, and then he. Became old and senile at like 85 and then become crazy. So, for like the last 10 years of his reign, he didn't do anything. He was just old. So, it's like, if you have the wherewithal to be like, by the time I'm 80, my mind is just not going to be functioning at a high enough level to do my job efficiently and I should resign. And that's really, that's good. I, you got to commit to like that. I like him a lot. I mean, he's got a lot of positive stuff that's come out. The Catholic Church still has miles and miles to go before they're, you know, I feel like out of overall bigot territory, but they're, their, their nature is to be bigoted. I don't think you're ever going to not have a bigoted Catholic church. But they're, I mean, they're doing a lot better. Like, you've got Francis, who's who has said a lot of stuff that is like, like, you know, they, you see the difference between Ratzinger and Francis, and there's, like, a great picture of Ratzinger on the papal throne, and there's, like, all this red velvet gold cloth, like, embroidery, swastikas, swastikas everywhere. But he's, like, he's super, like decked out he's got like a golden staff and golden necklaces and cloth well, so and he's outfits. just a fucking pope but then you see francis and francis sits on a very and ratzinger's on a golden throne francis is on a simple white chair in a white robe with a white cap with no refinery or anything like that he seems to get what the idea is behind being pope like it's that you're supposed to be a One servant could to make the, people. the argument that he's both not, of those yeah. are the correct vision of the pope i mean the, well, the Pope is the mouthpiece of God, right? That's how they see it. That you are the infallible mouthpiece. Yeah, of God. when you are elected Pope, you become God's living Christ representative vicar on Earth. On Earth yeah. as they say, and so it just depends on your interpretation of Christ, I guess. Like a lot of like my interpretation of the whole Jesus story is that he was just a very humble guy who had really good ideas, and I think that's what Francis tries to represent. But then you have Ratzinger, Ratzinger, who's like, it was about the power, the power, like unlimited power. You know, <laughs> the Frank Underwood of the press of the Pope, the papacy. Oh, the papacy yeah. yeah. All right, into entertainment. So, yeah, let's get some geeky stuff in before we have to go. We'll kind of uh, we'll quick fire it a little bit. Did you guys hear about one two one four call fourteen? It's a new horror game that's coming out, and it will haunt your phone when you're not playing it. So it's like a game that you play on PC, and you you interact with your actual mobile device while you're playing it. So you'll be like walking through a hallway, and suddenly your real life phone will go off, and you'll pick up your phone, and your phone will start like freaking out, like with like weird text all over it and stuff. And it's just an app that you have installed, and then after you're done playing. Your phone will just be haunted, so it'll start doing things. You'll be like trying to mess with your phone, and it'll be like seven days or something like that. <laughs> like it'll, you know, it'll start freaking out and glitching, and you'll be like, "Oh no, what's going on with my phone?" So it was a really interesting concept. It's like this augmented reality stuff that people are playing with. Yeah, but I don't want my phone to be glitching when I'm yeah. done playing a video game. Well, yeah, most people don't, so we'll see how successful it actually be. I'm my sure you can turn it off. Too. Well, I'm yeah. sure you can, but it's just the idea of like I'm in school, like I'm at a like conference with my so boss. <laughs> you're like in school, and your phone's just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're all, Doctor 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 Roxell. Your phone's just yup. I'm just like meeting with like like yeah with a client. All of my phone's like, yeah, I do <laughs> Just like oh, sorry about that. That's just my phone. It's yeah. okay. Uh, it picks up. It's like seven days. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> <shit."> <laughs> ah! So we'll see how that goes. It, it seems 
it looked like a creepy game, but I don't know how far the augmented reality of like having your phone, since your phone is always on your person, that kind of level of augmented reality. Some people will probably enjoy it, and it'll probably get annoying, especially if it starts going off in the middle of the night. You're like sleeping, and it's like, like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So we'll see. But I thought that was really interesting. Have you guys checked out Battlefield Hardline at all? I've watched a couple of streams being played, and it actually seems pretty good. Yeah. I'm not going to get it, but at least not right now. But they're pulling that same shit again, where it's like, you get $50 for the game. Do you want to pay $50 for premium again? Which is still like a... The, the problem I have with premium for Battlefields, and we know this from the last two Battlefields we have premium for, is like 75% of the DLC you get is like good. And within that 75%, like 25% is really good. And then a whole quarter chunk of the stuff that you get is complete garbage. It's just like they come out with one whole pack that sucks dick, and then everything else is okay, and then one of them's like really good. Why can't I would rather just buy the three piece of the ones that are going to be good and leave the shitty one away than than pay them upfront beforehand before they've even delivered the thing to me, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. It looks fast. That's the thing I noticed about Hardline is it's. For one, it's not as vehicle intense. Like you don't have tanks or anything. Like kind of like that. Your most powerful ground vehicle is called the Bearcat, and it's just one of those like police MRAPs, but it has a gun on top. And then like the helicopters, they have like a transport chopper, and they have a little bird, but that's it. They don't have like the missile carrying fucking Apache flying around. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, as Kit said, I really like that. Like, I feel like Battlefield would do well as an inf- like I've. I've always advocated for just give me transport vehicles, right? Like, I want to play a Battlefield game where it's just you're driving a fucking car around or, like, the best thing you have is one of those Jeeps that have, like, a 50 cal on the back, but it's, like, a dune buggy. Yeah. You know, like, well, even that's if where the action I don't know, even like though there's tanks, like, as long as it's, if it's just, like, one tank, that's fine. I feel like once you start getting to the point oh, where, like... Oh, before was like, does everyone want a tank? No, no tanks for you, yeah. tanks for you. Well, that's the problem. You I feel like tank. you, get, you, to get, the, you get to the point where everyone's in a vehicle, and it's like, if you're not in a vehicle, you're just kind of useless. Yeah, if you're not in a vehicle and you're not an engineer, then you're fucking stupid, you so. know? <laughs> so, but it, they do have a Easter egg in there that is fucking hilarious, and yeah. it is that you can drive a couch around. There's there's one area in one map where it's a map that's just made up of these like trailer trash houses basically. You can go up in front of one. If you look at the couch, you'll see enter the couch mobile basically. You can <laughs> enter it, and it's literally your dude like, and it's about the size of the couch I have there. It's your guy sitting on it. He crosses his legs. He's just standing like this with his gun, and his couch just like flies over. <laughs> the and it's like the fastest vehicle in the game. Like you can go off a jump, and you basically just start like flying. <laughs> and when you road kill people with it, the kill feed says America. <laughs> yeah, she's like, America, America. That's awesome. So, yeah, I I really miss playing Battlefield Three, man. I mean, we we had all determined Battlefield Four was never really worth the money. It was, but. I feel like it It became, like, if they had released in the state that it is now, it would have been worth the money because they would have built from there. But they released a, a shit pile and then yeah. just, like, put a cardboard box around it after two years and were like, all right, I'll buy this now, please. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see the shit anymore, but it's still I miss, there. I miss playing, like, because we, we played Insurgency, but Insurgency, Insurgency doesn't have the same, like, I love the massive open battlefields where we would be, like, on a tank. Or, like, 
Like, we, we'd be, like, riding a tank around, and I would be, like, trying to kill some guy, and Addison would be on the side repairing the tank as we're driving. Just, yeah. like, like, those were the best. Someday I actually want to get the Xboxes up and see. I don't know. Those servers are still going pretty strong. I actually accessed it the other, like, two weeks ago when I was in Minot. This have to bring Xbox, and I brought Battlefield, and I got in. There are enough servers there. Like, there are more servers up than I thought there were going to be. Yeah, people still play that. I don't know that I'd like, want to play it on yeah. Xbox anymore. Just play it on PC with at my, this point. Yeah, now. with mouse and keyboard now, like I've seen the the non peasant way. You've seen the you've seen the truth, the way of kings. Yeah. yeah, and that is PC gaming. So yeah, I've seen some gameplay of it, and it looks pretty interesting. But I just want another really good game like Battlefield Three, or I just I want I a want... big squad based like army versus army squad based tactical combat game with vehicles again. That's and that's I, why my most fervent hope because they're the next battlefield that's not battlefront for star wars is going to be one of two things it's going to be 2143 so like a very futuristic like you don't have a plane you have a hover helicopter plane thing or whatever yeah but which is going to be awesome or and this is what i'm really hoping for go back to world war ii with the graphics and shit that we have today did you ever play the world war ii versions of battlefield like were they good they were. It was a lot of fun, actually. Because yeah. the thing is, you I got, Battlefield you got a lot of experiences in 1942 that you don't get anymore. Like, I really want them to go back to the old way of planes. Because back in the day, you had planes, you had guns, and you had bombs. And depending on what kind of planes you have, you'd have like more of one than the other. You have planes that multiple people could be in. You have yeah. like a tail gunner. It's like, <laughs> whatever, you know. Like, that would be really fun, I feel. And, I mean, they, they need to switch venues and they need to make it bigger. They need to, like, 64-person teams. Give me yeah. a 128-person game, not cap it at 64, yeah. right? Like, But that's too much. I don't think they can... I don't think they have the talent to pull that off. So we're just going to get stuck in the mire for a while and hope that someone else can can bring that idea home. Yeah. So. so Final Fantasy Typo was released uh this past tuesday i think well the re- the, the hd remake was released of typo yep. i don't think typo ever came stateside typo was ps was a psp game was it yep oh well the uh it's a psp game that they released and then they remastered it for the ps4 and xbox one so yeah. now that it's so it's basically just an hd full screen version of the psp game that explains it what, like the graphics and stuff because i was looking at it, i was like this does not look like I was looking at the graphics, like they look nice, but the character designs and some of the shading and coloring it's and the pixeling, it's meant to be like a, it was meant to be like a fillery kind of like it's not even like a, a normal. It's vibe. so any Kingdom Hearts game that's come out in the last like ten basically, years. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah. They have don't they have like don't they have like over ten sleep death. <laughs> <laughs> don't they have cards and and typo? What's the thing I that they so. capture? It's like a team versus team thing where you have like you collect your squad of. I like really looked at it, but you have like you collect your squad of people look at your team and then they each have like special minerals. abilities and stuff like that but it's not a straight up like turn-based like rpg fighter there's yeah. some kind of hokiness to it like with the sleep by birth thing 365 had the cards yeah decks that you can make there's something similar to that where it's like not a real but i already got a really good review so with it came the final fantasy 15 demo Included, which none of us have a PS4 or anything, so we can't play it. I wouldn't play it anyways. But <laughs> I did look up. I did look up the the demo because um, when I was watching it online, they had they didn't have the the gameplay demos up yet from typo from like typo. But I did watch that forty minute one that came out a while ago, and it's only in Japanese, so there's no American commentary on it or any or English commentary. But it's very interesting. Fifteen looks really good. 
It's we'll see. So we see about all of them before they come out. And then... Yeah, it just it looks. It's a gonna lot. look really good for about ten hours. I bet. And Maybe. Then... It's not going to really matter. Anymore. I've been I've been like wanting to play 15 for eight years now, yeah. so it's, I'm almost at the point though where I'm like, eh, we'll see what happens. And as I don't have a PS4, my I guess he's my brother-in-law now has a PS4, so I might try to bum it off bum him. Bum it off him if that comes. Well, out. it looks. I mean, the graphics obviously are really good. Um, it looks great. PS4. But the world looks very interesting. It's it's it looks huge, like super open world, as opposed to the extreme linearism of. 13. Of 13 and 13, 2 and 13 Lightning Returns. Like, <laughs> 13, 33, yeah. like Revenge, the of, the, Revenge of the Lightning. The Feminist Saga. I, I, so, I don't know. It looks a lot better. I'm excited for it. We won't see it this year. We'll be lucky if we see it next year. It is it is borderline vaporware. Like, it was for the longest time. Now they're like, no, here's more things. We are building something. Don't you wonder, like, what Square Enix is doing over there, though? Like, they're not bringing out super great games. But they've been working on this Final Fantasy XV game for eight years. What are they doing? And then they're what are they doing? There's then they're going to complain that not enough people bought it. And then people are going to be like, well, just make seven again. Like, you already know that that's what people want. They'll be like, not do people like the other things that we're making. The thing is, the Square, Square Enix really, more so now than ever, is more publisher than it is actual. Is it like, Square game Enix game. now? I thought they were. Square, Square Soft. Soft. Square Soft. I, I, I keep calling them Square I've, Enix. Yeah, that's the I old, that was the golden That years. was the old name. But whatever. Square, well, wait, Square Soft was the original title. I thought it was Square, it was Square, Square Soft. I know they're not then, Square Enix anymore. Is it just Square now? Yeah, it might probably just Square. Or from Square Soft, Square Enix, to Squares. But, Let's see. Square Enix Global. Maybe like it's, it's, mixed, looks no, like it's Square, Square Enix. Because it was Squaresoft and Enix, and then Squaresoft and Enix merged to form Square Enix. Yeah. I just remember reading something lately where they weren't Square Enix anymore, but... Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't know. I, I, they're, more, they're more like publisher now than developer. Yeah. To be honest. Which is stupid. They need to bring out the fucking, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics 4 Advanced Hyper DS Mix 45,000 hour game <laughs> I've been waiting for my yeah. entire life. Yeah, ever well, since I kind of I kind of lost faith in them as a developer for a while. Though, yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't put anything the great last, out in The a last long time. game that I've really enjoyed was was uh, Game Hearts 2, I think. That was yeah. on the PS2. Yeah, so. It's been a long time. We'll see what happens with Kingdom Hearts three and with fifteen. They might rewin their fan base, but I mean, yeah, this all like ever since thirteen. I played thirteen. Thirteen was fucking boring. I just, I or even it they, they have it was like, pretty, but it was boring. Even like fifteen's coming out, which is like their old, like the crystal grouping one. Yeah, but they've got the whole Nova new. No, no, yeah, no, they have the new. I don't know. They showed like new ways their engine worked, and it was like the the chicks like in the room, and like the demon bursts out. Yeah, you guys see that trailer? I think so. That's like the that's like the new that's like Final Fantasy like eighteen. So like they're already showing off like the next gen Final Fantasy. They don't even have you know anything anything going for the gen. current one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll so. see. Make it good. Just just bring out bring us something good. Focus on one thing and make it great like you used to. Uh, did you guys see that they announced a new the first book in the new Star Wars canon and it's Star it Wars Aftermath. Linking uh, episodes or Return Six of the Jedi to Force Awakens. So you're the uh, the the Wikipedia guru, Addison. What do you think? <laughs> I haven't seen anything about it, so I'll be curious. I, I mean, there's a rumor going around at some point too that Battlefront is going to be set right before Force Awakens, and then the DLCs and stuff are supposed to fill in the blanks for parts of the new series. Like essentially, 
from what I read as I got out of it, is you have, like, Battlefront and it's, you know, of course their fucking day one suck dick DLC. It's basically going to be a version of the stuff that happens in between 6 and 7, episode 6 and 7, and the DLCs afterwards are going to be the between episodes things, right? So, which doesn't make any sense because the DLCs never had single player stuff, so why the fuck do I even care? Like, you're just going to show me maps and things? Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't really yeah. matter to me, but... Is Battlefront going to be third person again? I hope not. Because I would like... If it's being made by DICE or making it first person. Oh, can you imagine you get to play as as a Jedi first person on Hoth? I don't know if they'll have that power. Probably not. It it might just be a Stormtrooper. I would hope it would just be Stormtroopers versus Rebels. Yeah. But they're also saying that they're going to have shit where you can, like, get in a ship on land and fly up into space and fight in space and shit. And I'm like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) I can already see the hype train lies, you know? Like, that's not going to happen. Well, with Endless Sky or whatever that game is that's coming out. Yeah, but that's not DICE. They, They, it's painful enough for them to get a server that you know, is fast enough to run a fucking 32-player game Battlefield 4. There's no way they're going to do sharding replication for fucking massive space battles and then just fly to the ground of a planet and fight there. No fucking way. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. Is that coming out this year? I don't know. I wish I it just never to. would. But... We'll see. All right. That is... Yeah, I, think... I think that's it for this week. No emails, so... That's Sack Up for this week. I'm Steve. I'm Addison. I'm Ken. Sack Up, nerds. What is up, nerds? Steve here with Sack Incorporated to remind you to follow us on the social media platforms. That's right, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us there at Sack Incorporated. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for Sack Incorporated and pressing that sweet, sweet little button. And don't forget to send us emails at sackingpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear your thoughts, your comments, questions, concerns, neuroses, and psychoses. Give us your opinion on things we've talked about previously, or give us suggestions for topics to talk about in the future. That's sackingpodcast at gmail.com. Generic anime X. Oh, yeah, this is it. That looks like it's it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him, it's just a black oh man. <laughs> That's fucking creepy looking, dude. And so, like, the first expedition gets there and they get, like, wrecked by these bugs. At least they have, like, good, like... And so these are, like, the new one, and so they, like, inject themselves with, like, this... Yeah, this shit. Bug form is good! (laughs) Come on, (laughs) 
I'm a bee. Basically, or some shit. Bee man. This is the dumbest thing I've ever this seen. This is insane. Like, why wouldn't you... Oh, my God. Why wouldn't you inject yourself with stuff that's good at killing cockroaches? Apparently, you have to fight fire with fire. It's Solid Snake! Katsuha! <laughs> san Crazy evil white man song. No, no, no. Metal Finding love on the Martian battlefield. Metal cockroach. He's like a. So that guy's. He's not, a wasp, actually. And his he is a wasp, and his thing is he punches people. He has he has punch a wasp. wasp. It's just funny because they all have like special abilities. I don't know. It was. Yeah. I think I got through like fifteen chapters, and I was like, all right. I've seen of that. the manga. Yeah. Jesus, that's a lot. Well, that's more than I could get. It's not that much. Yeah, 15 is like half of one episode. It's like eight. And there's like 15 pages. Oh, there's a whole battle. Akari versus the Desert Grasshopper. Oh my god, this guy. You know that he's the fucking Levi from... What's it called? Uh, Shinkeku no Kyojin, whatever. Yeah. The Attack on Titan. Yeah, he's the, the cool agility hero leader. Look at that. That's so. Look at those boobs. Tiddly tang. Yeah. How does that jacket even work? <laughs> Special made. It it's, has to have like boob a, sockets for you. I'm like, sure it does. Yeah. Otherwise, the jacket, like she put it on, it would be like. Yeah. Terrorist attack. Uh, he killed I'm the them desert all. grasshopper. Why did he blow all of them up? Did they do squats? Why does he have arm ties around? I well, they 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 caught him because the, their goal. This is like the third expedition in which. Well, I get that, but his arms aren't like the or his legs or whatever. So like, the first person that got sent there had like super jumping legs, and so the purpose is the cockroaches are like copying their skills, mm. so they're becoming like even crazier even more powerful <laughs> just, look, just look at that face look how horrifying that is the raka so guy i must explain everything that happens i'm like chase boxer oh, oh. like you the face <laughs> joe don't lewis care. the brown bomber <laughs> Uh, took ah. one hit in the head that didn't happen. Oh, my leg hurts so bad. Uh-oh. Look at the, look at the, look at that like 28 pack he has. Well, no, that's what they <laughs> look at look at the cockroach dude's arms. He's got like like tough guy bands like that he tied around his yeah. arms. Why do the cockroaches want to kill them? Or are they just like you're different from us? I, I think it's the, the final I think probably. It's, I think it's the premise. Well, they're all traveling to Mars. Like this is on Mars. It's not like they're invading Earth. Oh shit, Michelle Usan. What is this guy? He's moth guy. Yeah, guy see, you see the moth. <clears throat> she should be dead now. Yeah. Oh, I think the premise. Oh, I think. Uh, I think the newer generation. This is where I stopped. The new generation has. Uh, they've got any animal. 
not just bugs. Oh, oh so okay. he can he be could be falcon. So one's guy. a falcon. That's like, that's what it was. Yeah. Which would be perfect because what is a bug? Oh, what? The- <laughs> I think that was the effect of inertia. <laughs> I think. I'm a scientist turned badass because of my fucking butterfly powers. Yeah. Stupid bug, you don't know science. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs>